welcome to the 59th episode of the Triple Takeover Toycast. And this is one that we've been thinking about doing for a little while now because it's Rise of the Beasts. We've all seen it. We've all got opinions on it, I think it's fair to say. And we're going to talk about it. It's that simple. There is going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film, then I'd suggest that you take caution from here on in because I can't guarantee what's going to happen or what's going to be said. With me as ever are my two usual co-hosts. First up, we've got Maz from Transformers Square One. Happy beasting. Happy beasting to you as well. And we have Liam from Toybox Soapbox. How are your beasts tonight? Are they rising? The beasts have risen. Oh, oh well, they've already risen. Wow. wow. I was hoping he'd say beast ho. Yeah, beast ho <laughs> would have been entirely appropriate. Well, I don't think it'd be appropriate. <laughs> well, okay, man. What happens in your bedroom or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are here to talk about Rise of the Beasts. Before we get to all of that, we should mention that we've got a sponsor for the evening. As ever, that is tfsource.com. Do check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs, and we'll do a longer segment on them in the middle of the pod in just a bit. We've also got a Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover, where you can get episodes early, vote on episode topics, get access to our Discord server, our excellent community of fans, or you can go to our highest tiers where you get exclusive content. You can commission mini-sode topics, listen to the other mini-sodes that we've done, and even our hyper-specialized Gold Boss Classics mini-series as well. So that's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Yeah, we, we were originally going to do this as a mini-sode, weren't we? This was kind of the original conception of this discussion was as a mini-sode. And then through various conversations and whatever it, it became a full episode so that's just persuasion it sometimes it, it's yeah. just simple but it was not a conversation <laughs> yeah. it was just persuasion right indeed wrangling i think yeah. it was uh yeah blackmail maybe i don't know forcing right <laughs> yeah forcing the beasts yeah, yeah indeed upon well, me yes <laughs> it's, it's a good job we are talking about rise of the beast because i got another email this week you know through the old instagrams through oh, God. but this came from two brothers i've got two fans of ours who are asking as you said Vinci Rise of the Beast would love to get some cool Transformers merch. Do you know any way you can get some kind of, you know, fun podcast merch? And I was like, yeah. So this letter was from two brothers. I said, Clark and Lyle from Carlisle. That's the worst one yet. Shouldn't oh, it be sorry, Carl sorry. and Lyle? Yeah, I got the name. <laughs> there we go. Carl and Lyle. Clark Lyle. Yeah. Seamless. Seamless podcasting. So Carl, sorry. Sorry, I butchered your name there, Carl and... <laughs> And Lyle, his brother from Carlisle. So, boy. yeah. So, if you would like some podcast merch, you can head over to rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. 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 <laughs> explore. <laughs> I didn't even say who I was. It's just it now occurred to me that I didn't do the whole. You know, there'll be more on that later, I'm sure. Because there was. You explained. The, the later came, That's yeah, it. Came <laughs> Episode 58 is later, and everything after that is just. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Mayer. <laughs> Kept that one going for years. <laughs> Bloody Hasbro designers. <laughs> that was a real treat, wasn't it? Having them on. I'm still having yeah. come down from that, honestly. They were brilliant. What an absolute treat that was. And we're recording this before that episode has gone live publicly for all. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to to hearing the reaction to that when it hits the you know the open access. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's been on our discord for for a little while now and uh you know on our patreon rather and our discord guys uh, are all listening to it, our discord fam and uh it's had such a positive reception so far and uh it's gone down really really well created some mm-hmm. nice discussion so 
yeah, I'm I'm so buzzed about it. And everyone was really buzzed about this movie, weren't they? Because if you well, were to read the hype online, it was uh, pitched as the best yep. Transformers movie yet, or one of the best Transformers movie. That best sort of since thing. the first. I was yeah. I read that that was in the some of the TV spots where they were like in big bold letters, the best Transformers movie since the first. And I was like, is that a, the way that you want to sell this? Like this franchise has been awful until like <laughs> and then it went really bad and now we kind of course corrected a bit it's okay lads you know and i was a bit like is that really the way is that the way you want to go with this but uh yeah it's been hyped massively hasn't it big time i did get caught up in some of that as well and i gotta tell you i was not disappointed like i did enjoy it overall do you know what i mean i do have some points that i'm going to make about it but by and large, as a headline, for me, it was it was a fun film. I really I really liked it. It is a fun movie, and I think for people who haven't been there for '07 onwards, and maybe for anyone who was there after '07, you know, they kind of got in around Revenge of the Fallen or even Dark of the Moon, they will really see this as a as a very very good Transformers movie. Yeah, I and it so. is a good Transformers movie because it has all the ingredients you want from a Transformers movie characters old characters it's got two continuities of fans that it no sorry not two continuities sorry two eras of fans that it's going to satisfy because it does the the main protagonist optimus prime optimus prime or it does them real justice uh so that's good i mean at no point was i left feeling like the visuals weren't good enough i think it's a great first transformers movie for people to get in and and i suspect that a lot of people who aren't hardcore Transformers fans are going to go in and love it. I think that's been Liam's experience. But yeah, I think like you, I have a number of criticisms and things I would have liked more Definitely, that we'll get into, I think. I, I think that's the point. And I suppose I, I, before we kind of get into all of that, I, do, I suppose I wanted to say for anybody listening that we are intending to get into that stuff as well. Like We're not going to kind of hold back or just be all like, oh, it was great. Do you know what I mean? And I think the headline is that generally, having spoken to both of you, that we all enjoyed this film and thought it was, uh, you know, to, to varying degrees, like I, I get the feeling I was maybe the most enthusiastic about it overall, but, but still we are going to get into the critique of it and kind of not, um, not hold back on that because I think there were some nitpicks to be had and there were some yeah. funny things along mm. the way as well so yeah. inevitably I liked it I don't need to see it again I would recommend any Transformers person goes and sees it and there have been films which I wouldn't recommend I also wanted more from it but that is an overall positive thing yeah which you would do well to remember <laughs> when you listen to some of the criticisms that I have of it. But right, that's just, okay. Because I came yeah. to it from a very different angle. I, I, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good fun film. And like Matt said, it's a really good starting point for a Transformers film. And that was Definitely. one of the things that I took away from it is it, it did feel like an episode of a cartoon, a Transformer cartoon, and it felt like a, a course correction also. And almost a bit like an accidental uh, like multiverse film because like you were saying about two universes colliding, even though it's not the story, it still felt like that. Mm. But um, yeah, it was good fun. But like, it's interesting to dissect it. You know, having had the previous Transformers movies, which were just so loud, this one it feels like there's it's more interesting to you know pick through and discuss how it went. Because yeah, like I say, my girlfriend she loved it, and 
her nephew thought it was fantastic. And I came in, I, I really liked it. I thought, yeah, it's a good film. It's fun. So definitely plenty to say about it. So we're going yeah. to get into that tonight. This is probably a lot for you, huh? So, Maz, you were saying about the hype. Yeah, I know it had an effect on me going in. And I think a lot of my reaction to the movie is based on uh, maybe incorrect expectations. I feel like this this movie should have been judged by me as... Well, yeah, I've got one set of opinions as a Transformers fan who's been with the franchise for ages and has watched all the previous movies. And there's another version of me which is seeing this for the first time as a, as a non-Transformers person. And I can understand why it lands so differently in those two mindsets. And that's definitely where I'm at with it. I watched it uh, with my brother recently in London, uh, very soon after it came out. And I certainly, I think I went in as the Transformers guy. And right. uh, that's why my reaction to it is, is the way it is, which we'll get into later. But I can see why people who maybe haven't seen the other movies would go in and, and would find it amazing and would be really, really into it. Yeah. I think that, that it, there's been two reactions to it in a way because there have also been people that are very familiar with the bay films and things and they've actually been super positive about this because it's not that you know Mm. it's difficult isn't it because there are also people that want it to be even less like those films than it is and i find it's we've got into this really complicated situation now where you've got so many different types of transformers fans all with very different expectations of what this film should be and what it should deliver and it's never going to make everybody happy at the end of the day because you've got G1 fans that want like the opening scene of Bumblebee, basically. That's what they want mm. from some anyway, yeah, not every, I'm talking generally, but like that's what they want in a two-hour film is just that that Bumblebee scene uh, and, and nothing else. You know, they're like, why is it kind of almost moved away from the accuracy with characters like Wheeljack and things like that? And that's been a whole, a whole thing. And uh, then you've got, you know, Bayformers fans that are like, What's this? Do you know what I mean? Why why is it not all out Bayhem? Like why have they, you know, kind of swung more towards G1 and things like this? And I, I just think that it's kind of coming in this weird mid-world almost. And uh it's it's playing to a it's it's a, a difficult proposition, I guess, is what I'm trying to say in some ways. Yeah. It feels like that when you're watching the film, you can tell the whole production team have that same almost confused feeling about it, like it's 100%. trying to appeal to all types of fans, but at the same time serving nobody like that, yeah. that, like no, i mean like like classic fans like i went with, to see it with my girlfriend and her nephew and they loved it they thought it was excellent they really really loved it surprise me, actually. I was like, yeah and well my girlfriend loved the giant monkey so she thought that was tremendous <laughs> but uh all of it they really they really liked it whereas i came away quite i liked it but i think i was like it's just all right but yeah. it, I, I felt like all the way through you could see the scenes where they were like we're not really connected to the original movies, but then you have like the music from the movies, and you're like, oh, they're definitely they're trying to. Yeah. It's like they're trying to lean into that and Bumblebee at the same time, whilst mm. not leaning far enough. But oh, we should just say fair warning: there will be spoilers in this episode. Oh, we did. I've already said that, mate. Yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, too busy uh, thinking of Carl and Lyle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that took a, a lot of. <laughs> and the rest of talk. Yeah. Uh, you're saying that you made that up. No, no, I was thinking, I was just thinking of the, you know, 
about how they got in touch. I was very grateful for them. Absolutely. Right. Good. Good save. But no, do you know, I've said all through, like pre this film being released and that, looking at the trailers and things like this. And obviously there was a huge, well, there was a huge debate online about, is this a reboot? Is it a prequel? Is it, what is it? You know? And I mean, actually what I think is ridiculous, let me just say right off the bat, is that it created a lot of arguments actually. Like I, I personally had people getting even with me you know where I would say oh well like this is what I kind of think and people would like be actually trying to insult you over it and you're like chill yeah. chill out man it's, it's just a film about giant robots it's really not worth getting this yeah. level of like super ridiculously passionate about to the point where you're kind of insulting other people over an opinion you know it's like relax but it, I do think what they tried to do is appeal to everyone as you were saying Liam by almost having their cake and eating it like they didn't commit at any point to yes it's a reboot uh, or yes it's a prequel it was almost like they were trying to kind of keep it weirdly sort of existing in this mid-world where it could be either it's deliberately trying to be vague but this is the this is the problem I had with it was watching it and it's not that I disliked it because of this it's that we are Transformers fans so you know a lot about it and they're playing on nostalgia for these characters so you they're playing on an assumption that you know who Beast Wars cast is and all these obscure references, like Ape Link and stuff like that. The only people who are going to yeah. get that are hardcore fans who, who know, which I thought was a great reference and stuff. But it's those people who we, we don't live on down this, but we know it. So when they're trying to steer away from it but into it at the same time, like you say, it's yeah. having the cake and eating it. So it was it was really distracting for me because I'm like, it's, it's not a sequel to the other movies. And it's not a sequel to Bumblebee, but it feels like it's both without fitting into a continuity. It's like they, they yeah. know what this fandom is like, but they know what all fandoms are like with stuff like continuity. That's what sort of people, they don't just expect it. It's like, if you're not going to lean into that, do something different. I don't get why they didn't just use Bumblebee as the launching point to just totally divorce themselves from the Bay movies. Or if they wanted to go back to the Bay movies, this go back to that style. Then pick one lane. This is really weird, man. I really thought I'd come into this and I'd have some totally whack opinions compared to you two, but you've almost word for word explained why I felt just not at all stirred by the movie, really. Like, I just thought I was watching the same thing again from previous movies. And Mm. it's exactly what you're saying. Like, it didn't really sit as a sequel to Bumblebee. It didn't really sit as a continuation of Bay movies. It didn't sit as a standalone but I really felt like it would very easily just be the first Transformers movie that somebody had ever seen. And it would just work yes. absolutely fine because it had all the same beats as the first Transformers movie. It's like yeah. it had some off world origin and then it had lots of human stuff about digging up artifacts that yeah. are somehow connected to ancient interactions with these robots. And then it introduced them almost exactly the same yeah. way the first movie did. Like there's a human contact then there's an introduction scene to the team and then the the antagonists are sort of introduced and that's kind and then there was like 1986 references it's very yeah it's very similar in a lot of ways to the 2007 film bizarrely like it's not a force awakens level of retelling of a new hope you know it's not that but i don't know that ending bloody hell when they they start whenever they start playing the music and he starts doing the same speech this is the problem with the audience, though, isn't it? Because, like, even that, if uh, the only people who are going to, like, be like, whoop, whoop, I'm really excited when they hear that are people who know those films so well that that's going to hit. That's the people they're aiming for there. And that's why it's weird, because those people are also going to know those films well enough to go, 
well, apparently they weren't on Earth, according to these films. It doesn't, it doesn't line up with yeah. these films. There's stuff that it's doing to... I, I think they should have... To to, in, this is, in my mind, the thing. They should have come out swinging yeah. right from the gate and said, it's a reboot. They should have just gone with it and just pissed off the people that it pissed off at the time if that's what they were going to do. Because it clearly yeah. is a reboot, let's be fair. Do you know what I mean? Now, the silly thing here is that the continuity never made sense in the Michael Bay films anyway. No. It was irrevocably broken. It was the cube. By... No, it was the Matrix. No, it was it, the pillars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the trans-warp core. Yeah, it hangs together. But, but that feels like the cartoon. So it's very much cartoony in that it's almost like everyone is its own, but exactly. they're loosely connected. Whereas this one feels... it. It's trying to connect, but at the same time, trying to divorce itself from it, but very much in the face yeah. where it couldn't physically make sense. Whereas, like the G1 cartoon, when Red Alert shows up, he's never been there, but you could just assume he's appeared somewhere off screen. It never does anything to contradict these things. So you can make up your own stuff. Whereas these movies, it does do kind of stuff to contradict itself. The, the Bay movies also did contradict themselves, to be fair. There are elements in them that you're oh, like, yeah, well, definitely. That, that can't happen. Oh, if yeah, definitely. This has already yeah. happened. That doesn't make sense. But this. This is definitely like one of the most egregious. But to be fair, Bumblebee also had already done that. It had already broken yeah. the last night continuity, and those two films were released one year apart. You know, it's that's the ridiculousness of it. So at this point, I feel like they should have just swung into it and just been like, "Yeah, you know what? It's a reboot. You'll see the details of it in the film, but don't you know? Don't go in thinking that it's going to end up being 2007 in the future because." It's not. But instead, like the producer was even trying to suggest, oh, this is like the origin of Optimus Prime. You know, this is the film that you watch to see how he became the Prime in 2007. And it's like, no, clearly not. Do you know what I mean? Quite obviously. There were distinct replacements for characters that had been prominent before. Like Bumblebee was very comprehensively replaced by Mirage in that respect, I felt. It's like, mm, he is the an archetype, human character yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. This, this, he's the guy now. He, he's your friend. You know, he's he was a breath of fresh air. I loved him. He was him great. He was one of the best. It was nice having a, a human body robot character who talked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wasn't okay. Treated, he wasn't a pet. And that's the thing with Bumblebee no. in all of these films. All the Autobots, so they're almost always like pet characters. They're always played as very uh, naive but, and stupid. But they went billions to such lengths to make him quote unquote cool. Like yeah. such lengths. Like you could tell the design team. Like, told you better make him look cool. Like every inch of him needs to be cool. That's your word, cool. Everything. That's Mirage, though. Yeah, but he was cool. To be fair, he was yeah. cool. But it was so obvious what the purpose of that character was. Um, yeah, fulfilled it really well. But it was almost it was almost see through in a way. I think to me. Which yeah. is very Mirage too, by the way. He reminded me a lot of Hot Rod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, the, the, yeah. it's you know Hot Rod was the same in '86. Really, he was created to be yeah. cool, wasn't he? In in that regard, you are right, Maz. But I think there's, I think it's very much a trope, isn't it? It's very much yeah. a formulate movie, and that's oh, yeah, this yeah. was one it's of the things very, yeah. that really struck me coming out of it was I was like, I liked it more than the other films. I liked it, but it, it didn't do anything different or anything that 100%, was hundred percent. Yeah. Anything that was 100%. memorable beyond Transformers memorable stuff. You know, like stuff I remember, like, like saying Ape Link or Transformers characters and scenes. Or Mirage turning into a contash in an indie car yeah. was probably my favourite, but I was like, oh, thank you very much for that. You know, that was Yeah, well, well me. the way I was trying to the thing that I was trying to think of at the time was I was thinking of, you know, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there's a scene where Indiana Jones shoots the guy who you know, with the swords. It's a really famous scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of the sword fight. And that is instantly memorable. Of not just because Yeah. But that's what I mean. So it wasn't intended to be that in the first place. But that's the thing about yeah. these films is sometimes there's something that really sticks in your memory about a film where it does something different. And mm. I think this is what this film sort of lacked. There was no 
scene or anything that you really point to is it stood out as like a real piece of like uh, cinema or authorship you know what i mean like it was nothing where you felt like you had a personality i mean that's what was missing that's why i said i went in with the wrong mentality because i think i went in with the mentality of i'm a transformers fan this is movie number i don't know six seven seven, eight Mm. whatever uh, there's going to be something different for me where there really wasn't i mean the beast cast was actually probably my favorite part Really? And I think if if it had been more be if it had been like a straight up fully Beast Wars movie, mm. I think I would have enjoyed it more. It could have could have used a bit more Beast, yeah. definitely. Yeah, because I just felt the the Optimus thing. I, I just guess it didn't work for me. Like mm. it didn't work for me with that personality and that mode. It didn't evoke the way that it did at the end of the Bumblebee movie. At the end of the Bumblebee movie, seeing him as the truck and that was emotional. It didn't feel that way here at all. I didn't get any of that from the cast. Was that so because, angry? Yeah, I was going to say, is that because they kind of gave Optimus, they, they kind of put a bit of dirt on him, didn't they? They kind of put a bit of grime to the personality almost, like he, he wasn't this sort of stoic um, stand-up Autobot leader as such. Is that, and that's not new either in the movies. No. No, I mean, if anything, he was a bit more Bayformery in terms of the gruffness of him to start yeah. with anyway. There was um, a lot of Bay DNA in the movie, and I think that definitely helped me not feel like this was a new experience. Yeah. And right, again, right. but if, if I had no Transformers experience, I think I really would have enjoyed that movie as a sort of, as a feature. That's it's not a bad film. I, there are movies in this series where I point at them as like, that's a bad film and I don't yeah. want to see it again. I can't say this was a bad film. I really can't. It wasn't no. bad. That's what we're saying there about it being very formulaic. It's like, on the other hand, that's one of the things I, I thought was one of its strengths was it was so point A to point B Hmm. And it didn't mess about like so many of the the Bay films after the first one, they're incoherent. And it's like, you've watched Revenge of the Fallen. Like, why are they there? What's happening here? How have they transferred hmm. to the other side of the globe? And then two minutes later, they're in another country somewhere else. It's, <laughs> it's very confusing and it's very scattered. Whereas this was really straightforward. And I thought, actually, it works because it's just a very, it is like watching an episode of a cartoon, just a quite yeah, a long it, one. It really is. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a streamlined fairly straightforward narrative but it's very yeah. coherent and you know who's who what's going yeah. on it's you know at every point and the bay films increasingly to me felt like they were just a jumble of set pieces you know and, and to the point of the series of music videos that's what i yeah, felt like really they were is. just doing you could tell bay come Absolutely. from a music director background like the last night for me i'm not going to go on about the last night because there's a lot that you could say but i i have some very strong opinions about it and i think you know they they lorded up this thing around having this writer's room before the film was made and it was like what 12 different writers in there or something and they had all these ideas and you know i find it funny when people say that the last night didn't have a plot because it did actually the problem was that it had about 15 plots you know it had like plots for so many films i mean what was going on in that you know it, it was so overstuffed to the point where one scene to the next just didn't connect and you could tell that they were trying to ape the suicide squad with certain elements of it or star Mm. wars or uh you know there was fantasy elements in there with the dragons and things like this and it was like just throw absolutely everything at this and you know maybe something will land and it just became this to me anyway this is my opinion but it just became this sort of overbearing exhaust fest i remember watching it feeling like i feel nothing from this um it's almost too oversaturated and too overstuffed that I can't connect to it in any way. 
comparatively, I got to tell you, I did really enjoy Rise of the Beast. I thought it was good. Mm. I don't think it was an amazing film. I don't think it was film of the year by any means. But for Transformers, I think it was solid, very solid film. Mm. And I, I did connect to it. Like to be honest, there were bits of it that I thought, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was engaged throughout. I wasn't bored at any point. I don't think. No, and, I wasn't bored either. I can yeah. agree with yeah. that. And there were there were points like the till all or one scene, you know, kind of skipping towards the end here a little bit, but you know, like the kind of penultimate, you know, the bit where they're trying to get away from the transwarp key exploding, and Optimus is he's going up into the sky, and then no, and Optimus Primal are there, and all of that, and they save him, and they're like, we work together till all are one. That yeah, I, I did get a little no. kind of like. I got a bit from that. That was cool. No, I didn't get anything from that. That was just oh. so much of the same old last minute rescue stuff. Oh, it's of course. just so old. I couldn't. I didn't invest in like I, I wasn't into it. It was didn't feel yeah, like yeah. it mattered to me what happened because also that like the bumblebee death was so transparent. It was just like he's that was stay yeah. Dead. Like, it just seemed like a lot of path of least resistant decisions. And they were, I think they took a lot of things that had worked from previous Transformers movies and took those bits that worked and tried to use them again because nothing was a surprise, you know, mm. none of it was, um, and I know I'm repeating myself here, but no, no, no. that it. feeling, once you, once you get that feeling in the middle of a film that it's not going to surprise me and it's not going to do anything special, it, it just sort of puts me in a different mode when I'm watching and I'm, then I don't know what I'm enjoying it as. Am I enjoying it as just eye candy, good-looking yeah. robot models doing good-looking robot model things? And even then, you know, I, I think that one of the moments really made me stand up and notice was that Wheeljack had the voice of Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. I was like, oh, it's Cristo Fernandez yeah. <laughs> is doing the voice. You know, yeah. That was a real stand-up moment. But there were things I was also disappointed about. Like I was really disappointed I didn't get to see Air Razor's robot mode. That's a weird choice. Air Razor was yeah. terrific, looked terrific. I, I, my theory, mm. theory on that is that they wanted to keep the sort of surprise, if you like, of the beasts transforming for the final battle, you know, with Optimus kind of running in and transforming and that. But in a way, I, I feel like that was a real missed call because it would have been so amazing. They're so like, blurry. To see, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And to see them, I actually would have loved to have seen them transform when they had that big conversation meeting with the Autobots. I think that would have been a great moment to yeah. just have them yeah. transform there and then and just see them statically standing there in their robot mode i think that would have made them feel a bit more fully yeah. fleshed out to me rather than like running in and kind of coming back to your point liam it was like a real like if you're watching this film cold and you know nothing about yeah. transformers nothing about beast wars you just know that there's like a giant cybernetic gorilla who randomly runs into battle and transforms and you're like oh okay cool yeah. that's uh, <laughs> i, I think know? for watching i think i think you're right and i think i've I think that's what they were going for is when when you write a script and you write down and then we'll save the beast transformation to the battle because they'll come out and it'll be this amazing scene where they suddenly transform and it's all and it was. drama. And it's like in your head and on paper it works. But then the way they put it on the screen, you're like, it's so quick and so brief because we know yeah. they transform and they do it this and you never see it again. It, it's just like it's wasted because you don't get that moment where they transform and they stay on screen long enough for you to go wow look at that they're doing stuff and they're robots yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like almost like cheetor transforms and then instantly transforms back isn't it because the robot beasts are the more novel thing here because we've yeah. got robots all over the shop anyway and have since 2007 but robot beasts are the are the special thing here and that's what will wow maybe the audience it. maybe that's it i mean i do think that they they definitely 
uh, you know, there are bits that were cut out of this film. Of course, there's a couple of deleted scenes or whatever. But uh, generally speaking, I think that um, the beasts could have used a bit more time, uh, you know, on screen yeah. and just kind of being allowed to breathe a little bit. I feel like other than Optimus Primal, you know, the other two or three, Air Razor to some degree, yeah, fine. But mm. certainly Cheetor and Rhinox are just background characters, really. So... Uh, but I still loved seeing them and I still love their presence in this film, but I would have absolutely adored seeing just that bit more of them, maybe. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of trapped in two minds with that because when I came out of it, I was like, I didn't see that much of them, but I was enjoying seeing more of the Autobots, not more yeah. than the Beast, just having a film where you get so much of a group of Autobots doing stuff together because normally it's just like Bumblebee and human sidekick, Bumblebee and human sidekick or oh, human people doing stuff. Whereas in this, the human Noah was quite... They weren't back. They weren't background characters, but they didn't overshadow the robots like they do in the main one. I think if there was one thing that this film, it did a lot of things better than a lot than a number of the Bay films for me. But if there was one thing that I think they absolutely nailed for me over the Bay films is that the the Autobots especially didn't feel like background cars waiting to be called into action yeah, by true. the humans. Yeah. You know, they yeah. felt like fully immersive, participative characters in their yeah, own yeah. right they had their own sense of, of agency scene. whereas normally yes. it's like they're waiting for sam or that other guy uh mark Wahlberg, you know to do something and call yeah, them yeah, in yeah, yeah. or lennox or whoever but like do you Sorry, remember in like Cade Re- yeager Cade yeager Cade yeger do you Who remember like in Re- revenge of the fallen uh there's a bit where all the autobots are in their car modes in like the hangar or whatever yeah. and like lennox and all the army guys are walking through and they're like talking about the cars like calling them by their autobot names or whatever and i always remember thinking even at the time they're just literally sat there in car mode like and it's mm. so obvious that you're just like walking past the cars and like pretending oh yeah, yeah. this is bumblebee this is sideswipe and it's like if they were actually autonomous robots they wouldn't just be sat there in car mode like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh. That would be so. I mean, are they asleep? What's going on? And uh, it always just struck me as like a real weird element of those films. And it's because of how much the human characters were kind of brought to the fore almost. Whereas this is much more like with Mirage, for example, and, and the rest of them, the, yeah. the Autobots are fully present and, and part of it at all times. And so in charge of themselves. Whereas yeah. in the other films, it's always the humans are always in charge. And the way they treat the robots is yeah. like the children. They're it always really treated like the children. Even Optimus Prime, to some extent, the way they talk to him and stuff, it's like, oh, God, he's so naive. He doesn't know what's going on. It's always mm. the humans. And it's very much like they're there almost for some sort of comedy effect. Whereas in this, I felt like it was nice to have the focus on them. This is their story and their mission and rather than it being some human direction. And there was no evil human organisation. I love that, that there was none of this. Mm. You know, some sort of background conspiratorial group or the military. I thought it was going like to be that. for a minute oh, at the end. I thought, yeah. I thought it was going to be Sector 7, totally. I was sat there like, mm. same. Oh, awful. Here we go. I was really disappointed just before they made that real. I was like, oh, it's going to be Sector 7. And then, yeah, um, I was. I was sitting there thinking, don't do this. Like, you don't need to do this. Do you know what I mean? Just I thought Simmons was on. coming out. I literally yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really Sector 7 pants or something again or whatever I it was. I totally thought that it was going to be like some yeah. reveal that he yeah that it was going to be connected to Simmons somehow or something like that I was like don't do it please so when he flipped it over and it said the card and it said G.I. Joe I was actually like 
firstly i was very surprised but i was like yeah that's actually pretty cool i know not everyone's into it and some people no i gotta admit i just went like okay it's not sector seven i guess that's the thing i should have known going in i felt felt like oh okay i bet everyone else is not as surprised as i am right now but i guess no i think it was a big shock for a lot of people i think um like it depends when you saw the film because bizarrely the producer uh has spoiled that quite considerably just before the film was released even i think he he dropped a load of spoilers including the gi joe thing he did in an interview and then it went on uh i think it was cybertron or one of the sites like basically posted all the spoilers and were like oh here you go and then of course you've got people on twitter just out there um i even posted something i posted a thing saying oh you know please don't spoil anything and someone tried to post spoilers to me in reply to Mm. that um, but I, it was one of those where you see immediately what the content's going to be and you don't read it and you just like it ignore is, it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mute it. And it's like, why are you doing that? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a bit sad. I'd seen the G.I. Joe spoiler, but not where it was. So right. I had not forgotten about it, but I thought it was like one in the post credits. So I thought it was going to be some sort of small reference, you know, at the very end after the credits had taken place. Like, in a, So when it popped up where it did, I was really surprised. Mm. No, I had no clue. I had not a clue. I was genuinely sitting there expecting a Sector 7 reference, and uh, I thought it was just going to be Sector 7 on the business card. Particularly after it comes after that scene with the music and all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. It kind of, in a way, the the Steve Jablonski score kind of primes you for thinking, this is where they're going now. Like They're leading you into... Primes you, yeah. They're leading you into 2007. Uh, But apparently they did in... um, When they were filming it and that, they had Sector 7 business cards... Um, yeah. And they they kept it very closed, like very locked down on set as to who knew that it was a GI Joe reveal, and there was only one business card or something that was made, something like this anyway. That you know mm-hmm. that that was kind of brought out and filmed uh, under like a very closed set or whatever to kind of keep the reveal. And when they showed it to test audiences, it said Sector Seven. Mm, it was just another thing that there was this overhanging feeling throughout, like it almost felt like they were trying to course correct back to the bay movies you know after the bumblebee film wasn't that successful but yeah it kind of felt like maybe that scared them a bit so they were trying to like you said earlier have their cake and eat constantly like that feeling of the sector seven thing like i would never have thought that in bumblebee but here because we'd had so many sort of allusions to the bay movies i was like that's where this is going and i was Mm. already pre-disappointed because i was i was getting ready to like oh no how would that even have worked with the cast and the the things that took place and then how 2007 stars that would have been so clumsy beasts running around everywhere that have then got to be explained away bad enough that primal and air razor have been on the same planet for hundreds of years and just simply didn't find each other <laughs> you know didn't even write right <laughs> or send a signal maybe that's just or a postcard yeah that is a that yeah. is a bit of a weird one I, you know, I didn't want to come and, and be this total voice of negativity because yeah. i don't dislike the movie i just uh yeah. yeah it's just but these feelings of yeah but this yeah but that that's just the same thing i had in all the other movies you know that's valid as well. That's not that's not an invalid reaction to it. Like I got to be honest, none of that bothers me. I'm perfectly fine. I do think it's a bit silly that yeah, Air Razor and Primal were somehow on this tiny little planet and not in commun- you know in communication. That, and the temple that where they got onto the roof and they turned that symbol and then that symbol like thousands of years and nobody's done that and they secret city. You know, it's just a little yeah, bit like yeah. suspend that disbelief, suspend that disbelief. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> My my thought when they did that is like was well, straight away it was like 
How how does it still just twist after a thousand of years? Like, it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you tried turning a toy's arm from yeah. 1986 anytime yeah. recently. That's what I mean. We were talking on a, on a recent minisode. Like, I can't even move a wing on an aerial bot. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. this thousand year old rock. Try, try transforming crowd. a 1988 <laughs> yeah. G1 Darkwing, mate. Then, that, then yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah. how you get on with a big old temple thing. I, like, I can't imagine this on the Discovery Channel or Nat Geo. They're going there and they're like, just twist this rock in a thousand year old wall I, I must admit i did have the rock twisty thought that i do remember that distinctly in the cinema thinking really do you know but fine it is what it is it's it's a ridiculous film yeah. it's a ridiculous genre of film so say levy yeah stranger danger stranger danger but it was a fun film though. there was enough in it I, there's exactly. a lot of stuff i know we've broken a lot of things down and not crit- cast a critical eye over it but i i really liked parts of it and as a film i thought it was much better than the ones it just uh like i say i think there was just this confusion almost just it was constantly yeah. there where you were trying to it was almost like it was throwing it in your face that it was trying to be different but the same and it was really hard mm. to get away from that it was quite distracting but there was and the angry optimus prime was the other thing i, I really struggled with because it was yeah, same. it wasn't it didn't feel like it he had a character arc when it started i was like ah they're leaning into the joke of i want your faces but by the end, he's going to have this character art where he's going to come to terms with it. And at the end, he's going to be like, you know what? I don't need to be this violent or angry. I've got over my issues. I'm going to save the day. Blah, blah. But at the end, he's even worse. <laughs> it's like his big epiphany moment is, no, melt somebody's face in a waterfall of lava and take his head. <laughs> well, that guy had been pretty, pretty well, horrible. Well, yeah, but I mean, point, like, it, it, it's the kind of, he starts off very violent and angry and ends very violent and angry. There's no course between that you know what i mean it yeah I, get you mean. I, I guess the, the arc There's is no payoff to he, it the, the arc is that he doesn't trust humans and then he learns yeah. to work with humans isn't it that's the you know that's yeah the that, that's in there it just felt like the way they lean into him i'll take your face i'll take your head it's like at the start it feels like they lean into the joke mm. and then throughout it's like oh they're just still going he, he, he definitely wasn't classic optimus like you know big old yeah. robo dad that we're used to but that was an adjustment. I will. I will yeah. agree absolutely. Um, but I still preferred it to you know a lot of how Optimus has been handled in the other films. Oh, I yeah. thought at least he was kind of eloquent in this and kind of you know had his moments and everything and a, a sense of actual character. Um, yeah. So I, I did appreciate that. Uh, overall, I got to say, I, I, as I say, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a good, solid, enjoyable film in my book. Mm. But I still think it's perfectly valid to critique it. And that's you know part a big part of what we're here for ultimately, isn't it? Is to, to kind of share is, some of that as well. I don't have any desire to see it again. And that's weird for me. I would watch it again. Yeah, I'm because I would watch it again. Age of Extinction was not a better movie than this. No. But I wanted to see that again. And there were scenes in it that I loved and I really wanted to see again. Lockdown was really interesting. I found Lockdown brilliant. Romeo and Juliet. No, um, what was that Age of Extinction, that one? <laughs> that was the oh, Romeo It just and blends Juliet into one. one, but I love the, like, the, when he steps out of his ship, you know, his transformation, the first time he turns back into a, a Lambo, stuff like that. That's cool. I, th- I think the only thing I'd want to see again here is uh, Mirage turning into the IndyCar and the dump truck and, and the Lambo. The Lamborghini. Yeah, that was like super funny to me. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. But that was it, really. I thought it was hilarious that after, what, a year, two years of people complaining on the internet that the Porsche was not jazz, 
and that Mirage should be a Formula One car, that he actually does turn into a Formula yeah. One car in yeah, this yeah. film. I, I, thought I, it, I did think that was totally a nod to that. I absolutely yeah. felt like yeah, that's, that's I wonder if they guys. put that in like later on, if they were like, oh, look at all this controversy. Like, let's, you know. Yeah, I could be Sideswipe, I could be Mirage, and I could yeah, be Jazz yeah. at the same time. <laughs> exactly. I thought it's quite fun when he's doing that and he says, you know, I could turn into a Ferrari and it's the only time he doesn't, you don't see him as a car. Yeah. And I thought it's quite funny because in whichever one of the Bay films it is where he's in it as a Ferrari, isn't he? As Dino. Yeah, Dino's oh, in it. Yeah, yeah effectively that's, that's kind yeah. of Mirage, it's, isn't it? It's, yeah. As he's doing the scene as he's transforming into the Lamborghini, yeah. when he says, and I could turn into a Ferrari, it's the only one where the, the camera turns and it's focused on Noah hmm. instead of him turning into a right, Ferrari. So you right, never right, see him right. turn into a Ferrari. I just thought it's quite funny that, that and I wondered if it was a joke Maybe unless they would need to get a Ferrari license or something, mm. or I don't know. Because when it that. cuts back, his F1 car. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But no, the Formula One thing I did think was just hilarious because yeah. it, it reminded me of when people wouldn't stop going on about in Bumblebee from the trailer, you know, about Blitzwing, about like why is it not oh, yeah, called yeah. Starscream? And then it turned out Starscream was in the bloody film. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? And it was like, oh, okay, so actually. It was really we weren't really complaining about anything. Then, but definitely, almost like another case of perhaps you should just wait and watch the film before being yeah. rushing to judgment to such a crazy degree. Like I didn't ever really have a problem with him not being jazz, but I could see mm, you know yeah. it's a Porsche. But watching the film, it never even occurred to me about the jazz Same. thing. It just straight away, he was instantly his own character. It's a new mirage. Exactly. Used to that in films and everything and comics, different interpretations of characters. And I thought he's fantastic. Pete Davidson I was really good. Hundred percent agree. And I also can't help but feel that if if people saw this and he was exactly the same as he is, like he he's just straight up exactly the same in the film, voiced by Pete Davidson no less, and he was called Jazz, would people have been happy? No, I don't think so personally. Do you the know character what I mean? is not jazz at all. There's nothing jazz like him. I mean, they could have done jazz, but I feel, I feel like the character they went for with Pete Davidson was great because I think he hit the right blend between being interesting a little bit, but then it, he was funny, but not in the yeah. Bumblebee funny of where Bumblebee is peeing or you know a yeah. dog is peeing on Ironhide's foot. That Bay sort of silly humor. It wasn't that he was just kind of like a standard movie. Reckless youth character, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Quite it was fun. very like hot rod. Yeah, the more I yeah, think about it, it, was just, it really was very, very hot rod. Yeah, it's impulsive and silly, but he's, he had a thing where people look down on him, and yeah. at the end, he does a heroic thing, and I thought that was good because he know, was almost a like cinema trope. movie R.I.D. Sideburn, dare I say? Yeah, it was almost kind of like, like yeah. you know, yeah, that, yeah. In a, in I a weird really way. like, yeah, excellent. Yeah, good point. That that kind of character, stripes and all. Yeah, and he kind of got the the look almost a little bit as well. I don't know. It's um, he was definitely his, his own thing. But look, I have to tell you, you, you made a good point there, Liam, because this movie, I feel like, obviously, we're critiquing this movie and, and appreciating some bits of this movie or whatever. But let's just be fair: there aren't scenes of like two dogs shagging in this film, for example. <laughs> There's no miniature robots humping a woman's mm. leg in this film. There's no gratuitous butt shots. There's no. Uh, attempt to explain why it's okay to have relations with minors in this film you know there's like lots of things that should never particularly be in Transformers films I think it's fair to say that aren't in this film and I think that's a real positive and I do I do feel like as much good as some of the older films have in them those elements have always been things that I've found uh, a little bit like what is going on it's mad that we have to praise it though it's mad yeah. that we just have to be like, oh, this is an achievement for this franchise and this <laughs> movie series because it shouldn't be an achievement. It should just be the bloody norm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's but that's you know we've had 
five movies of that over you know what a decade or yeah whatever, and i think so. I, I think i expected more after all of that after what is it like how long has it been 18 no 16 years since the first movie mm-hmm. i think in 16 years surely the progression of these movies should have been more than just to the basic decency <laughs> some point I think like, in a way though we're celebrating think- that yeah, but I think in a way that's what this film was trying to do. It was just—I don't think it was trying to be super out of the box or just create a new baseline. Or. Yeah, I think it was almost trying to be like because Bumblebee was different. Bumblebee mm. was a standalone character for the most part, and you know, much more of a kind of uh, human story, kind of a side quest, if you will. Although I think it's funny, and I tweeted this the other day when people talk about Bumblebee like it's a slice of life film, you know, like it's a coming of age drama, but actually they forget that it does also have some supremely banging action sequences yep. in it. And I'm not just even yeah. talking about the Cybertron stuff. Like it's an incredible action film as well. Yeah. So really Bumblebee well. versus Blitzwing is brilliant. Uh, it's oh, it's tremendous. One of, if not the best live yeah. action fights really, of really lovely. all of the Transformers films. Yeah. Uh, but I think Shatter I feel and like... Dropkick weren't bad either. I yeah, mean, yeah. The way they 100%. arrived. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie. I really <laughs> liked that movie. I really like that movie. It's still the best live action movie for me. I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But I think is that not where some of the disappointment perhaps comes in is because that's so different to the Bay movies, and I think this feels like almost not yeah, a backwards a step. It's almost like an an in between the Bay yeah. movies and Bumblebee. Wrong so direction where, for me in a little bit. Yeah, but that's that's always a very different film. Whereas this feels like a very straight boilerplate action film that's very yeah it's not just that dude it's like what they yeah. were trying to achieve they were trying to go back to a fundamental transformers yeah yeah starting point a, a global transformers movie again whereas it worked so well when they did something small and right whereas mm. this again like even to the point of chucking in base style drones again it's just like why are they being chased by what effectively looks like Frenzy from the first movie again? Like, yeah, just, that's a weird one. It was an unwelcome Frenzy, return nah. to... Yeah, just like, why go that route? Why try to distance yourself from it, but again, not? This is exactly what you were saying earlier. I do agree with that, actually. I will I will be honest. that Yeah, there the were some, not backward steps, but kind of slides more towards the original films that actually I think if they'd have just said... Let's make this a very clear-cut reboot and just do away with all of those elements. Mm. I didn't mind the score so much because I feel like the Jablonski score was a nice homage, but it, it was weird that it was so obviously Jablonski. You know, it was weird that it was it was just literally... Whereas the Unicron theme that was in there was subtle. It, it was great to hear. It was really exciting, but it was very... It was not the Decola score, just... Oh, blink and you miss it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a it real was... shock when I heard it because I didn't know it was there. And then I heard it, right. I went, that sounds like that. And then when it came back later, I was like, oh, it is that. <laughs> it is that, yeah, yeah. But it's but it's easy to miss. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Jablonski bit was like a hammer in the face. It yeah. was like, this is exactly that. The thing with the Jablonski thing, it's not that it is the Jablonski theme because that's great. And if it's it's that at the end, it the way it's played is very much a triumphant return to the... 07 movie the Bay movies yeah. it's like that's how it ends it's all like oh we're dropping it in that he's doing the same speech and it's almost like we're back there this is a return back, to that baby. movie those movies yeah, that yeah, those yeah. people liked and you guys liked and that's what it feels like a celebration of a return to that style of film and it's like oh uh, I do, I do get what you're saying. Away. it's confusing I think that's the thing more than anything this movie it felt like a confusing set of messages it's like it's not this but it is this but it's, it's not, new but it's not but new it yeah it's a reboot, but it's not a reboot. It's a prequel, but it's not a prequel. Mm. I, I get what you're saying. I think in a way, as I say, I said it earlier, 
I'll say it again, I think they were trying to have their cake and eat it. And I think there probably was an element of Bumblebee didn't give them the box office that they wanted. So they were trying to yeah. kind of return to type a little bit. While the still, fear. you could see a sense of fear. Like yeah, we've got to get back to, to that touch, yeah. billion dollar style, mate. I think they were trying to, they're trying to move the franchise on and get it to a new place. Hence the inclusion of stuff like Unicron and, you know, trying to really deliver that spectacle and hence like trying to, you know, give it give it new direction with stuff like the Terracons and things like that, which was a bit new, and then the GI Joe storyline. So there, there are, I think, like this is to, this is how I think of it. Although, yes, some of these critiques are true. I think it's a good springboard for what it could now become. And hopefully, this film does well enough that it justifies maybe a slightly more adventurous sequel. Yeah, mm. I would I would like a sequel because there was nothing in it that would stop me going to see the next one. Right, but the last night absolutely made me never want to see another oh, live yeah. action Transformers movie yeah. again. So Bumblebee was quite the rescue and it mm. did so much right that I think it deserved we No, I, I hate to use that word deserved actually because I don't feel entitled at all. I, I was really surprised we got another movie. I'm like genuinely still kind of surprised that there was another movie. <laughs> but it would be so nice for the franchise to just keep going from strength to strength and improving the way I guess yeah. the Marvel universe did with their movies. Yeah, I did definitely get a bit of an MCU feel from this movie. You know, like that's kind of what they were trying to set up. I really got the feel they were trying to establish Mirage as now. Yeah, you know, for years you've had Bumblebee and Prime and Megatron toys, and now we're also going to add Mirage to that stable of regular high-profile Transformers characters. Then you got hardly bloody any toys. <laughs> This hmm? film. Yeah. It's hardly any toys. Oh, like. but did you not see the studio series reveal? I actually have to admit, I looked at that toy and thought, yeah. I want that. Mm, yeah, but, that but that's now that I mean the film is launched. Like when imagine the 07 movie when that came out if there was no Bumblebee toys on shelves. That's what it's like with Mirage. There's, there's, I think there's in certain countries there are like small ones or flip changery type things, but there's mm. no actual mainline one on shelves yet. And and it's interesting really because what was BMAC saying that the film was delayed a year, so studio series is coming out in the year of release as opposed yeah. to a year down the line. So mm. if everything had worked out, there would be, what, no Mirage toy for a year at all? I'm sure the release date for Mirage is October, and like the film came out in June. It just feels like a long time. I know the studio series is a collection one, but even the mainline one isn't out. In 2007, Bumblebee toys were unavoidable weren't they i mean they were yeah. literally everywhere and well they, that concept camaro so was quite hard to find for a while it, it didn't come to market until a little bit after the movie had come out i remember seeing it at hasbro in 2007 in rhode island thinking i can't wait for that to be in the stores yeah. it took a little while for it to start popping up and then woolworth started to get in and they came in two packs as well but yeah that wasn't available on release the, no, but there the, were if you wanted if you wanted Bumblebee, there were probably about seventeen others in different sizes yeah. and scales. Weren't there, there was but, uh, no, not on release. It was just the old Camaro Deluxe, yeah. and I think everything else came a little bit later. There was like a little remote control one. It wasn't transforming though. I mean, pretty much the only thing you got was that Deluxe Camaro. I, I bought the entire line on release when the when the movie came out, yeah. and I shipped it home from the US. There was just like one version of most people and it was the old Camaro. But if you wanted the fancy Bumblebee, you had to wait for it. That wasn't there on release. But the contra- contrasts with this film where you can get two different versions of Rhinox, two different versions of right. people, who are barely <laughs> in the film, but no Mirage. Yeah. None. It's really odd. Like, it's a Primal seems to have yeah. a few toys going, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? He's got and a mask. Yeah, and the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's definitely quite a few Primal toys. We're often advertised in robot mode, which is quite funny. He looked great, didn't he? 
Right, he looked amazing. Yeah. He looked, looked like amazing. a Mortal Kombat ninja yeah. when he's in robot mode. I really sure. like, you know, the face. So mm. he looks like... Noob I'm, I want to pick up the yellow park kit that they've done. I cannot wait for the 3.0 Optimus Primal. I just think it, oh, it's only a prototype at the moment, but it just looks amazing. But I do think, you know, although, yes, they were slightly underserved in terms of screen time or whatever, I think all of the Maximals, the designs were exceptional, like really stood out to me. There is a darkness coming. You've never faced anything like this. What was it? Um, Nightbird. The yeah. She had a like, I think it was an R thirty four Nissan GTR vehicle mode. It's like, talk mm-hmm. about underused. Yeah, I, that would have been like what? You know, it's yeah. effectively a vinyl tech. <laughs> you know, in a way, so. maybe classic two scenes of the that. Film. Like it's yeah. very rarely featured. Yeah. yeah, that felt like a little bit of a waste. And I don't remember the name Battle Trap ever being said in the movie, right? I must was his been. name ever uttered? Because I remember getting to the end of the movie, going, "I know what that toy is called, but I don't think I heard it in the movie." He was cool, though, man. I yeah, thought that was, the design he, he was, was cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, not didn't have a lot to do. But hmm. I thought the, the presence was such that you knew who he was when he was on screen. And, you know, he had like a couple of cool moments. It was enough for me. That was fine. Yeah. I didn't need him to have more. The, the villains didn't seem to have that much time on screen, though. Like none of those characters really did much other than appear in the action scenes. Like even Scourge had a few speaking scenes, but it definitely felt like there was more to his relationship with Unicron and stuff. That the, yeah. There was more, really interestingly. Yeah. yeah, in test There's, screenings. I know there was deleted stuff, wasn't there? There was. There was in, in test screenings, there was more where he was kind of almost like Galvatron in the 1986 movie. He had that kind of like unwilling servitude thing going on where there was something about, I forget now, where Unicron was torturing him and he was kind of like a bit loath to go and do what he had to do kind of thing. And Unicron was like, well you know, you better get on with it kind of thing or I'll make your life worse. And he's kind of like, as if it could be, you know? And uh, so it was almost like you got this sense that he wasn't reveling necessarily in what he was doing, but he had no choice. And I think that could have been really interesting to kind of see, mm. but I guess they, they 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 clearly trimmed this film a little bit from what it was. I saw an interview actually with the director, Stephen Cable Jr., who said that he keeps his you know, his edits and stuff are pretty tight and that he doesn't like waste a lot of footage or whatever. But we we do know of some deleted scenes, like the transit scene has been talked about quite a lot. You know, the bus, at the, the Decepticon at the start of the film. Uh, the war, There is some dialogue from Cheetor Rhinox. I've got a video on this. You people can go mm-hmm. and watch it and see all of that. It's all in there about what was trimmed. But I do think that it's a very streamlined film. And I think they... I know that the producer, Lorenzo, has said many times that he doesn't like long films, which I think is ironic considering that he produced the first... I think I'm right in saying he produced all the first five Bay Bay films. Yeah, he did. I I felt like his signature was really present in the movie. It was. I think it was so obvious that he was still involved and and that was also a thing that I had wish that we had moved on from. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's not the guiding hand on this franchise that you would necessarily want i think it's fair to say uh he's he's kind of a bit all over the map i don't think he always makes the most sensible choices or whatever but um and i've got to admit i was surprised to see steven spielberg's name in the credits because i didn't feel like this particular transformers movie had that sprinkle of magic that he 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 brings. I didn't feel like it was there it was missing that spielberg style element wasn't it now you say that there's it like I say, it felt like a very boilerplate, like A to B movie. Almost like if you picked up a book of how to make a, how to script a film, this would be like the very 
sort yeah. of generic example. Not in a bad way. Like yeah. I just mean, it just feels like a very straight film. It's very unspielberg in that way. Yeah. How Missing to the take this? Right, right. But I know there was attempts of the emotional connection between Noah and his brother. Like I, I see mm-hmm. that, but again, I, I thought they were I great. I know, but I didn't buy into it. Like it didn't. Oh, I it did. just felt like one of those mm-hmm. where it was just too obvious. Like the discussion that had been had as to how to make this emotionally appealing and memorable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With their little home team thing, and and then Mirage adopting that as well. It just felt teensy bit forced and not natural in in a way that I could believe and get into and feel emotionally connected to. It did just feel like this worked in this movie, let's use that. That worked in that movie, let's use that. This movie worked in that movie, let's use that. All these other things that those movies did wrong, let's leave those out. And this is the result. A very, like you say, by the numbers Transformers movie. And there is such a thing as that now because we're on to the seventh one. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Although the first five were just so bizarre in so many ways. Yeah. Like it's 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 funny. I don't know if you could you describe any of those films as formulaic? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they are, but maybe they're not. I I don't really know what to say about those films. They're just such noisy. A, they're just noisy films. No, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> gotta be an ancient thing that you yeah. have to find. Yes, true. You've got to be the first one McGuffin. to find it. And the I'm bad McGuffin. guys will get it first. And someone's gonna die that you're supposed to care about and then the thing will probably be destroyed forever and some big bad dude's going to get screwed as a result. Are you, uh, are you describing the 1986 Transformers movie there? I could be describing any of them. <laughs> that's what I mean. that, yeah. Do you it's know, that is a fair is, point. Exactly what, well, that's what I mean. Is they, they're all very... Along yeah. that path. No, they, they had their ancient many... thing in the 86 movie. He already <laughs> that's had That's what it. I mean. That's why I said <laughs> They didn't have to go looking an for thing. it. Still yeah. an ancient thing. But, ancient you know, MacGuffin. I do get what you're saying. I mean, um, I think I mentioned this to you, Maz, but Liam, I don't know if you've seen it. I think it's maybe from TikTok, I want to say, but it's kind of found its way onto Twitter, you know, because people get viral tweets now by just like screen capping a a TikTok and then reposting it. That's the thing that people do, apparently. But Damn uh, kids and their youth. Yeah, exactly. It's all, all, you know, whatever. Find um, me on TikTok at 6OTF. I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) I've never even been on TikTok. I'm not, you know, I'm not cool enough for TikTok. You're going to do your own called TikTok. Six talk, <laughs> come and get it, baby. Yeah, absolutely. At six o'clock. Uh, anyway, moving swiftly on, please. That was the six <laughs> yeah. o'clock news. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch that dial. <laughs> but no, I think I think it was a TikTok video. I want to say that, but um, someone had put comparison shots between 2007 or the Bay film, the Bay former films, and this film. And it was funny how many of the... I don't want to say it was um, like beat for beat, the storyline of the film, but let's say, for example, the the shot of Noah running his finger or his thumb across Mirage's oh, yeah. steering wheel with the Autobot symbol. Yeah. And you've you've got the similar moment from the first film where Sam does it with, with Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And there were shots of Optimus giving a speech and then a, mm-hmm. a cut to the same scene in Rise of the Beasts, for example. And it was very weird the same archetypal things happening at the same points, you know, it was, it yep. was not a shot so. for shot recreation at all, but it was very much like, okay, we want this beat. So we're going to do this. And I don't know, maybe they're intentional callbacks in this film because there are certainly a few of them in there, but I think some of it is also just that, as you kind of said, Maz, it's, it's kind of that formulaic thing of like, we want this m- moment to happen and it's just recreated mm. in the same way. It, it's worth what finding this video. If you can yeah. come across mm. it on the interwebs, wherever it is now, because whoever put it together really did their, 
you know, really kind of did a good job of it. It, it just demonstrates the similarities between the films. Yeah, it makes sense as well because it is Formula 8, but at the same time, you want stuff like that in an introductory movie, which is, I think, what this is pitched as. It's like yeah. a introductory Transformers movie Absolutely. like the 07 was but it's, there's an old saying in like a, in the wrestling terms which is you can use a storyline once and then you wait something like 10 years and then because the generations will have cycled to be a new audience yeah. you can go back and redo it and it would be like brand new for a new generation and I think that's what they're doing with this film to some extent because it's so long between those movies now that if you're trying to introduce this to new people, you can go back to those beats. I and there's absolutely nice think you're right. But it also yeah, works yeah. on another level for people who have seen it before. What well, makes us feel like, what are we still doing here? Old <laughs> bastards, you mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's every Transformers <laughs> rebranding, though, is it? We're like, God, what are we still doing here? Move <laughs> on. I didn't <laughs> mind that, though. i got to tell you, like, I, you know, I know we're yeah. going back and forth on this and whatever, and I feel like I'm the one kind of swooping in occasionally to go, Oh, I really enjoyed it, actually. It's weird because I liked it as well. I know, I know you did. I, I think there's a did. difference between liking it and loving it. I think it just... Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see why it's a good movie for new new audiences. Yeah. It works that way, yeah. It worked for me, and I'm an old bastard, so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. But but I do, think, I do think you're right. I'm sure there was an element of they thought, and they're not wrong, that the first film is 16 years old, and that is long. That is long. That is, like, it's not... It's not yeah. super old. It's not Citizen Kane old, but in terms of franchise, this franchise to to have a kind of new starter film, if you will, is quite a big deal. And they've obviously got plans for where they want to go. I believe or understand anyway that Stephen Cable Jr. will be back for the sequel, which I think is a positive. I've got to tell you, yeah. he he obviously loves the franchise and like the characters and whatever else, and I think he can do more. So. I think it's left in a good place. I, I think that they're, it's not a bad thing mm. to kind of almost have this. I think they could have committed to it a bit more. And that's kind of what I said earlier. I think they could have been a bit more upfront about it's a reboot and we're just going a different way and just eschew some of the base stuff like the the frenzy freezer thing and all of that. You know, yeah, absolutely. Just jettison some of that. And I would have been quite happy. But um, as it stands, I mean, I feel really positive now. I'm like actually excited about what comes next you know like another film like i'm i'm into it i'm really yeah. curious about where they go next actually that is yeah. an interesting point because now that they've re-established the 07 movie and mm. they've got characters um i mean obviously unicron didn't die so no. that's still a looming threat unless they're going to do what bay did and just like well, forget everything from movie one here's a brand new movie that completely is unrelated sad if they did that i'd be no. really so, sad so it's going to develop yeah. the unicron story which is interesting i guess <gasps> new unicron trilogy well yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah, that uh, so so yeah that's actually positive you're right and i was actually despite not being super into the whole thing i was pleased mirage wasn't dead like, yeah i was, I was very mm. pleased that he was there because i thought he was the the bright spark in the movie and I, I really think that they can do something interesting now as a springboard from this i i would be gutted if they did a bay and just jettisoned what had come before i remember when we all watched 07 and you remember there's that bit of starscream flying into space yeah. at the end yeah. in the credits and everybody was talking about that i remember seeing that and being like whoa yeah. where's this going like right. what what comes next yeah. and then revenge of the fallen happened and it was like yeah whatevs you know it, it did follow on but it didn't really hmm. matter as such it was almost hmm. like not you know they undid megatron's death and stuff like that and you know fine 
but it didn't really feel like a connected film in the same way. And I feel like this would be a shame if that went down that road. I, I want more yeah. Unicron. I want to see how it connects with G.I. Joe. Well, he's got a transform, hasn't he? Unicron's got to turn into the planet-sized robot. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, am I, I the only one? What that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Am I the only one who didn't find Unicron's voice particularly interesting? Uh, I like the voice. I thought it was good. Uh, I don't I even remember it to be honest. I didn't find it memorable at all, and I don't remember it now. I think the problem with Unicron for me is that it's always going to be a comparison to the two, to the 1986 film, yeah. and that because that has the unfair advantage of being burned into our brains yeah. from childhood, yeah. but for a reason. For, um, for a reason, yeah. yeah, yes, but also because of the time that we saw it and all of that. Whereas there are people that, you know, say what you will, aren't as keen on the '86 film, for example. Do you know what I mean? And, and mm. you know, they're coming to Rise of the Beasts more as their thing. You know, mm. so it's it's different audiences at different times. But I think there's still uh, an element of, you know, '86. As much as it is nostalgia and it is burnt in it's hard to get around the fact that that opening scene of Unicron was so amazing and so detailed and so vivid and visceral and everything. And I I didn't quite feel like I got enough of that in this. Like I really... When but he Prime knew who the, he was. Yeah. yeah, but like when he destroys the Maximal Homeworld at the start, I guess I was hoping for something on the level of what we saw in 86, you know, in, in mm. terms of like awe. And it was cool, don't get me wrong, it was a cool sequence, but I didn't quite get that same level of like, oh my god, the world's ending, you know, it wasn't quite up there with that. I think the problem with that scene was, is I liked it, I really liked Unicron in the film. I did, I did, yeah, I liked it, definitely. I think the problem there is, is when Unicron's consumed in the planet, he's the background, it's Scourge and Optimus Primal, whereas in the 86 movie, you see it from like Kranix's and the people of Lithon's point of view is Unicron's looming and he's just destroying the planet. Mm. whereas in this movie he's always doing these things in the background to whatever Scourge is doing it's, it's all about Scourge like in the 86 movie it becomes Galvatron but it's very clear it keeps flicking back to Unicron and you get these little characterful moments of them bickering whereas in this you saw that there's only one or two of those isn't there it's very fleeting he does it feels like Unicron is being left for later all the way through the yeah, film it still it feels like he's being held back it's just a different viewpoint wasn't it it was more about his minions in this film Whereas in 86, his minions come into it so much later. Yeah, I think you're right. And he is like posed as a background threat. I think you're right that they probably are holding Unicron back for a potential second, maybe even third film or whatever. I mean, it would make sense for if you're going to do a trilogy of these films, which is often the norm, that Unicron would be the ultimate bad guy. He'd be the thing that you'd want to see almost at the end of it. Mm. And that maybe his presence in this was just kind of a tease, if anything. I mean, as you said, Maz, he doesn't even transform. So they must be holding that back. I want to see the design. I hope we get like some, you know, the concept art that they've done. Because they yeah, must yeah. have done concept art of what he would turn into. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Imagine the toys, like if they did toys wow. of it. But it's, it was so nice to, to see his planet mode. It looked great. I thought it was a really nice design. It was a kind of nice, yeah. not modernizing, it's just a different take, but not a different take in the style of like Transformers Prime, where he's a volcano or whatever it was, Earth, and stuff like that. Like we've seen other versions, dare, and it's not quite the same. Dare I say, I think it was pretty perfect, actually. Like it was, it was mm. live action Unicron 
as I would imagine it. You know, it, it looked exactly like I would have wanted it to have looked. Mm. Uh, but I've heard no mention of toys or anything about it. It's funny because when we talked with Hasbro about it, they talked about Stratosphere and stuff like that, didn't they? That was a really Bayformery character, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was just a, a yeah. slightly unwelcome return to form there. I just thought, not this again, really. <laughs> came out of nowhere, I thought. Like, I had no idea. It was only when I was like, oh, I've seen a picture of his face before. Yeah, yeah. It was like when you mentioned yeah. Transit, and then I saw a photo, and I was like, I remember this picture from before, early on in the production stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's all it's all been out there. It's all mm. kind of been, you know, doing the rounds and whatever. But yes, he was quite Bayformery. Uh, I thought it was funny that obviously they sort of set him up as this old dude, but the fact that he just sat out the final fight, the fact that he was like, yeah, literally, you see him sat in the grass <laughs> watching. Yeah, it's <laughs> just having a picnic or whatever. Yeah, and they're all fighting for their lives. Honestly, it was kind of funny. So, uh, but you know, all of that, it's just yeah, wives, isn't it? You just yeah. got to kind of go with it. But it's, I think, in other movies, um, I have found that stuff easy to overlook because I've been, I at the time, I know it's weird to say, but at the time. I enjoyed watching Dark of the Moon. Like in the theater, I enjoyed really? that movie experience. Yes, I did. Oh, I did. And I enjoyed wow. Age of Extinction in the movie theater too. Oh, dude. Uh, I didn't enjoy on? Last Night. And I remember Revenge of the Fallen. Like I was with my wife and I was like, this is not a good film. You know, this is a real disappointment <laughs> after the first one. So I can overlook things because it's a live action Transformers movie. And there are things that I enjoy enough to let them carry the experience. And, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy this movie. It's just it wasn't on the level where I'd want to see it again. And it wasn't on the level where I was like, ah, oh, this is bad. It was just that middle ground like, yeah, I guess I've seen this film too now. And that's okay. And it had good bits. Don't really need to see it again. And I'm actually struggling to remember some of the scenes that you guys are talking about. Like, I do not remember what it looked like when Unicron destroyed that planet. I cannot picture it. <laughs> it was quite brief, to be fair. Yeah. It didn't take a long time. See, conversely, I distinctly remember actually Revenge of the Fallen. I think I did enjoy bits of it, yeah. Where I, cinema, and you'd want to yeah. rewatch, but I could tell yeah. it wasn't a good film. No, I could tell that it had major problems, yeah. and of course, there were bits in it that I was like, "What is this?" Exactly. But Dark of the Moon actually was the first one where I remember going to see it with my wife, and I remember we were sat there, and I remember about whatever the way through the film it was and it was just all going off it must have been fairly far through because it was in all the chicago stuff you know kind of in the second half or whatever i remember thinking i should be enjoying this and i'm not mm, you know like it was yeah. just so long and just so much i think that's how and i felt in like, this one that exact sentiment yeah. i should be enjoying this and i'm not there like i've missed the a memo or something because like you say, like all the hype pre-movie and then coming out and speaking to you and our other friends and virtually all of you enjoying it more than me, I feel like, did I go in incorrectly? Did I not see this properly? Like, was I, Did I not have the right head on for this on that day? It's a funny feeling, yeah. Wow. It's perfectly valid, though. It's not an incorrect yeah. reaction to but it you, at all. You I really, can understand you it. really nailed it with the, I should be enjoying this thing. Like, that was absolutely yeah. a feeling. I, I definitely got that with Dark of the Moon. It was such a weird feeling because it was like the first time. I, I remember even thinking, this is wall-to-wall giant robots doing all the stuff that I enjoy in Transformers fiction, and I'm just not connecting here at yeah. all. Like, I'm actually bored, like, to mm. the point of, like, 
I could just stare at the ceiling or that, something. That was know? Revenge of the Fallen for me. I remember the exact moment. It was halfway through and it's a scene. I remember watching the scene and you see the ships in the ocean and it's sort of an aerial shot. And I, I think it's the bit where they go down and uh, bring Megatron back to life. And I remember I was really, really disliking it. And I remember turning to my girlfriend and just saying, I think this is possibly the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's terrible. And then it only got worse. But we, I remember coming out of the cinema afterwards and went to the pub with some mates because they were with us. And I was like, I think that is probably the worst film I've ever seen. And I'm not disappointed. I just thought yeah. it was terrible and incoherent. And they were like, what do you mean it was great? And I was like, did I watch a different film to other people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had that reaction to, to Dark of the Moon, you know, because people were raving about it going, oh, it's so much better than Revenge of the Fallen. And even now you get people who are like, oh, Dark of the Moon's the best of the Bay films. And I'm like, it's the difference really? between being punched yeah, in like, the face and kicked in the nuts, though. I think. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, <laughs> so I get that from TLK. Like I, I left feeling yeah. that was the worst movie I'd ever seen in the cinema. Well, I remember distinctly, and I know we've talked about this before on the pod, but we, you were sat next to me in that viewing, and I remember you just turned to me and just literally halfway through the film went, "So, have you been? <laughs> How's work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How's things? All right." I was like, yeah. After Revenge of the Fallen, I didn't go and see any of the Bay films at the cinema. That's the last one. The rest of it, so they came out on DVD or the internet. Bumblebee was the one that got me back. And that was. Yeah. I didn't see Age of Extinction in the cinema. I was burnt out after Dark of the Moon. I was like, I can't do this again. I'm just not interested (laughs) at all, really. Uh, I'd seen the trailers and stuff, and I was like, and, you know, it was being touted as like a new start you know with new cast Wahlberg all of that and and to be honest I was quite hopeful from the first trailer I was kind of like okay actually this could be interesting Mm -hmm. and then just as more trailers came out it was like no this is just the same the same stuff yeah it really was same thing and and it and it was and I saw it when I saw it at home on tv I was like I didn't even watch it in one sitting I remember I was like I couldn't get through it uh and it took me three or four attempts to watch the full thing and I was just so disengaged from it. I found it really difficult. Mm. I couldn't watch them now. I couldn't, I don't no. think. I, I struggle with it, I must admit. There are elements of them that I do enjoy and like individual scenes I think are great. I like the designs of the robots. That's something. I do actually like the designs. Not all of them. Like I don't like things like some of the more, um, you know, extremely like Q and things mm. like that. I Like whatever. But, uh, but so a lot of the designs I really do like. But uh, yeah, TLK was just... Those movies, to me, I think they live better in social media where you just see a snippet or an image and you go, that's cool. Enjoy that, rather than actually watching the full films again because you're just like, oh my God, this is awful. It's a really good thing to have come out of this episode is removing the need for us to do dedicated episodes for those movies. I feel like we've covered it. (laughs) Oh, we're still doing it, man. We'll still go back for the full critique. (laughs) Don't think you got out of it because we're going to do the full critique on all the films. We're going to rewatch them. No, I'm joking. I'm buying the biggest bottle of rum for when we do Revenge of the Fallen. (laughs) The biggest bottle of rum. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we've got to do it at some point. Maybe we should do a live watch on pod. You know, like literally a, like a watch along. Most unwelcomely long episode yet. <laughs> Two and a half, three hours of us watching Revenge of the Fall. I'm grateful that nothing in Rise of the Beasts makes me leave the cinema and think, I'm going to be embarrassed to be a Transformers fan around yeah. people who are going to go and see that. There's nothing about that movie made me feel that way, and I'm grateful for it. Well, isn't that a big step in the right direction? But Bumblebee was like that too, but Bumblebee was beyond that and was like actually great. And I recommended it to people like, you need to go and see this. This is wicked. Yeah. Hmm. Bumblebee to me is still the peak of the film. I think you're right. By by far, it's great. It's a personal story. I think that's the difference to this. It's not a spec. It's it's got good action scenes, like I said earlier, but it's not a deliberate spectacle in the way. 
the Bay right. films are. And then this film is sort of like that again, where it brings back massive, huge action set pieces. This one is a much more two characters with some other characters that appear, but it's focused yeah, yeah, very specifically sure. on two. Uh, Bumblebee, it's almost become a bit unpopular to say this now, to, to kind of go on about a Bumblebee being so good, because it's almost like this weird um, kind of reverse reaction to it, where people are like, oh, you know, like this. But I think it is legitimately a great film. Like, I think mm. the, the coming-of-age stuff for me works perfectly. i tell you what really sells that film for me, actually, aside from it being funny, the fights being great, the setting being great, the characters are good, all of that, is the is the the, the dead dad stuff, I hate to say it, but I, I really think it resonates. Yeah. And as, you it's know, as someone that's that's lost parental figures and whatever else. I, I think there's, there is stuff in there that really kind of connects mm. and it is just simply, but beautifully served. And it's like a proper classic 1980s coming of age, you know, film. It, it has all those right elements to it and it does it really well. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Where and I was saying to Maz, it was, that uh, I think the thing about this is I liked it. I thought it was good, but there was nothing in it that really resonated or really connected yeah. beyond it being Transformers references that are new, but there was nothing that when that's what I was trying to say about the Indiana Jones scene. It's like there's nothing that came out afterwards and was like, man, that was so memorable. That's something yeah, that will yeah, live on okay. beyond the film. It'll be one of the things that people like uh, the arrival to Earth scene in the first Transformers film. It's something everybody instantly remembers. It's that scene film. Whereas in this, it's like there are scenes mm. I remember, but not for the reasons of it being great in this movie. It's it's stuff we discuss on a podcast. You know what I mean? It's that kind of stuff, but it's not that. Like, the 86 movie has the Optimus Prime death scene, and it's so memorable beyond the movie itself. It's like, if you haven't seen the film, or that's something that's instantly memorable. This film, like, there wasn't really anything that really landed. The Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time for the part of the pod where we do our sponsor segment, and that is, as ever, tfsource.com. You can check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And they've got lots of lovely stuff in stock at the moment. Some good Rise of the Beast merch there. I'm seeing uh, Optimus Prime and all kinds of stuff. There's a, a Bumblebee, the 3-0 Deluxe one. There's some really good stuff. The new Studio Series toys that have just been announced. Uh, lots of it. But we've got something a little studio bit different series, in jazz. mind, don't we? We'll be buying that. Yes. You're right. We got something a bit different jazz. in mind for tonight. Just <laughs> called him Jazz. <laughs> you did call him Jazz. I was trying to gloss over it. Uh, Mirage. God. Mirage. Poxy. Oh, he's one of them mass. guys now. Oh my god, it's a Mirage. But okay. yeah, I was trying to gloss over it and move on to the because we're going to talk about another Optimus Prime toy tonight, aren't we? Which is the the Volvo oh. VNR. Absolute must-buy for me, this. I skipped the Christmas one because, you know, Christmas, but this is a must-buy. That head sculpt looks like the best Optimus Prime head sculpt since the Tech one. Oof, that's quite the claim. It looks beautiful. What a lovely-looking vehicle mode. Like, robot mode looks like it transforms in a super cool way with the cab parts on his legs. And I've not experienced this mold yet, but this looks so... I love the tyres on the back of his... um, just back of his shoulders yeah, too. Yeah, backpack. Yeah. It's cool. Is that, it's yeah, he's got a double set of tires there. So it's it's like it's actually his whole. It's not just his shoulders. It's his whole backpack. Oh, that looks really good. It looks really poseable too. And I, you guys already love this toy, don't you? Yeah, it's great. The mold is fantastic. You're oh. right about the head sculpt. It's one of the things I noticed straight away on the Christmas one. Even though it's got the uh, the Santa style beard yeah. for the faceplate, but like the head sculpt is just fantastic. You look at it, you know, oh. It is wonderful. But the the transformation on it's fantastic. The whole toy, and like you said, it is so poseable. It's fun to pose. And it's complex for 
on these toys, which is a bit more than you usually see on these kind of toys, I think. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely like in comparison to Earthrise Optimus, although it's kind of a similar, you know, size and all of that, it does feel like it's just got more to it in terms of yeah. posability and just complexity a little bit. Like the transformations really something like it's one of the most creative optimus prime like typical optimus prime toys that i've seen in a long time i think actually particularly in the main line yeah because the head ends up under the back of the truck bed doesn't it rather than inside the chest which is the standard optimus prime thing it's in a completely different place it's a bit like a uh, legacy motor master it's very similar in that way he ends up with the wheels on the back and the head under there well, a lot of people were convinced that this was going to be a Motormaster retool yeah. uh, when when it was first, you know, glimpsed. Um, and and you know, Hasbro even it's came not, out I saying yeah. it's not, and people were like convinced it was. Honestly, uh, they were even well, like, it's because it's know. obviously Silverbolt, isn't it? It's not yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or Beastful Silverbolt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even stuff like the way his little grill abs for his robot mode fold out, like they fold from the sides. You oh, can I can see, see the hinges. Yeah, little yeah, hinge. Yeah. yeah, it's actually formed. I was really surprised by that. Like they just come out of the sides of the sort of truck mode, if you like, and fold around to form the grill abs. It's really cool. Mm, yeah. I really like mm-hmm. it. I, I can't. I, I like this type of crossover. They've actually done a crossover with a vehicle brand. I love that. That reminds me of Vinyl Tech. And yeah. I think more of this would be right up my street. But yeah. is there any weight to the rumor that this mold was supposed to be for an Amazon Prime crossover that didn't yeah. quite make it over the line? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely that. Yeah, yeah. Did someone like, post on Twitter this week that it's to do with Amazon getting rid of those trucks or something yes. like that? I'm sure that's what I saw. Was they, they had yeah. a fleet of the Volvo trucks and they, someone, apparently they were too difficult to drive or something. And so they switched them out and that's why they didn't do it. I believe that's the, exactly true. the case. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's all they, they were going to have this big fleet of Volvo trucks, and it's no longer a thing. It's capitalism and whatever else, and yeah, it's not happening. Money and uh, yeah, so instead, this uh, obviously got kind of I presume kiboshed as a as a collaborative deal, and now it's made it as a just a straight up Volvo Optimus Prime instead. And why not? I love that this exists. I just wish it had um, a new trailer too. That would have been. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. It would have been nice if they'd have done up the trailer as well, even if they were going to use this one. But uh, it's, I think the only thing that stands out as odd is the trailer door is black, I've noticed in the pictures, whereas it seems uh, yeah. odds with the rest of the toy, with the rest of the That trailer. is weird. Yeah, actually, the little combat dick. Combat dick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's the Christmas <laughs> version, mate. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Oh my God. It's late, isn't it? It's really late. It's like Silverbolt spreading his legs again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Combat dick. <laughs> That's the <laughs> Patreon tier. Get that on a t-shirt. Oh, congrats. Oh, that, yep. is, that was worth staying up for. Said, that would never have happened if this movie nope. hadn't been made. Yep. Yeah. Combat dick. <laughs> we'll end it there, shall we? That's the sponsor segment. There you go. <laughs> Check out tfsource.com <laughs> for all your Transformers <laughs> and third Compact party dick needs. needs. <laughs> we now return to the Transformers. I think there's one thing we really do need to talk about, though, and it's how do you feel about Mirage giving his body and his tech to Noah and Noah then fighting as a, as a dude in a suit? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I was interesting into it. and fresh. And I think- Comprehensively hated it, I have to oh. tell you. Just... I was like, no. Why? No. Really? Didn't, didn't like, like it. it that, no. That strong. Like it. 
Yeah, but just I didn't see the need to make the human such a hero at the cost of the character that way. It just it was almost better that he just died. And I would have hated that too, but I don't know, yeah, it just that didn't work for me at all. I didn't think the film needed it and I just thought, why, you know? I thought what Noah had done up to that point was sort of heroic enough, do you know what I mean? Mm. I th- and it was the more realistic contribution that he had made instead of becoming part Transformer. Because it also didn't feel like it was him and Mirage. It didn't feel like that. It felt like he was worried. Like no, exactly. So, yeah, I just felt like a, an extra, a, a bit too far. I quite liked it because I felt like it added something new and different and I think yes. that's the one thing I would have taken away from this film that it added something new to the mythos or to the franchise and it reminded me a lot of you know like stuff like uh, Target Masters and stuff like that how they but you were just say, saying like that. that there was yeah. nothing franchise altering well no not like that but I mean it, it can still add new elements but there was nothing that would really stood out as I was like wow this will be remembered for years like a scene or something I, I but I mean there's an element a little dude it, yeah, in a suit exactly. <laughs> It's sat, it sat for me alongside stuff like the exosuits from the 86 film or like, as you said, I, I had the feeling of like Power Masters and that kind of stuff, you know, and those kind of suits. That's exactly kind of where I saw it as well. And uh, I don't know, it didn't feel out of place for me. I think the only thing I was disappointed by is we lost his shoes because he's got those Air Jordan 6s all the way through the film, which I thought was fantastic. And this was like a proper pop culture moment in the film, wasn't it, where they're playing to that crowd because you even get that shot where he turns and it, the camera zooms in on his trainers at one point. And it's almost like he looks at the screen and like grins. That totally passed me by. I'm not going to yeah. lie. That was, yeah. I did not get that at all. So it's the Air Jordan 6, also the shoe that Keaton wears in Batman Returns for the boot. Mm. That, was for, I saw your that was for folks like you, Liam. That was yeah. all for you. Exactly. That was a very specific audience Perfect. of one in mind with that one, I think. But it's, it's funny, though, because it launched the week before the Flash movie came out, where Michael Keaton returns as Batman. Yeah, it's true. We're in, we're in Rise of the Nostalgia yeah. at the moment in terms That's of cinema yeah. goings, aren't we? But no, the, the, the Noah stuff, it, honestly, I, I liked it personally. I actually came out and... It's the best uh, human. Yeah, yeah, I it's definitely... I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best lead. It wasn't overbearing. One of the best leads, no. yeah. It didn't I dominate did like the robots. And I, think that... yeah, yeah. I like Charlie. The casting but... was better. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's okay to say it, but I, I think the wider representation in the casting is a good yeah. thing for oh, the 100%. Movie yeah, yeah, yeah. And 100%. for the franchise and just generally for today's world. Yeah, oh, definitely, 100%. It's quite woke, isn't it? It's a bit woke. Do you not think it's a bit woke, maybe? It's just representative. I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. I'm just being like, you know, a send up because, but it's funny because, you know, there is a video doing the rounds or something. I've not seen it, but I've seen people tweeting about it or whatever about some video that's like talking about woke formers or whatever. And it's like, oh, kill me now. Come on. It's like, what, what's woke about it that literally it's people are idiots. It's what that it's got two leads that are people of color. If you're seeing people of color in a movie and noticing it to that degree then that tells you how much we'd gone yeah. in the wrong direction and how 100%. much this should just be the yeah. norm and it's just that's noah that's charlie those are the yeah. people who lead the movie exactly. but they Where don't the even there's not to my mind anyway there's no reference to their uh ethnicity or anything is there in the film so it doesn't well, it's not maybe just the bit where uh noah speaks to wheeljack in spanish yeah i mean yeah. but but even then it's it's not I That's cool. I like that. I yeah, it's a good scene. I, I, I don't know. It's a ridiculous thing. I think it's a very minor critique from a certain 
um, it's not yeah, a critique. It's just people internet. being idiots. Because like, yeah, yeah, obviously, I guess you're absolutely right. Like yeah. for me and you, man. Obviously, we're both brown, so it's it's nice to see people. And I, I don't I don't get it when people are like, oh, you know, it's triple woke, woke over. It, it, it makes no sense. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we're both brown, and so you see this thing, and you see these characters, and it's just like they're just normal people. I don't understand when yeah, exactly. you just get this kind of thing. Like, why are they doing this? Like, it's because what people look like. Why residents of New York City just, yeah. could yeah, potentially yeah, yeah. look like that and yeah. be those people. I remember once, I can't remember what it was about, but it was something to do with uh, Transformers. I think it was even around Bumblebee? I can't remember. But And, and someone was talking and they, they replied to me saying, oh, the world is not as diverse as people like you would imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Have you stepped outside of your front door? Like, have yeah, you met a... people? Like, I, I, I will say, ridiculous. like, one of the things that's it took me a while to really pick up on it in the uh, the Bay movies is that the people of color were always the sidekicks, but always the comedy yeah. sidekicks. So in this film, mm. and you think this is the seventh Transformers film, and you finally get main characters who are not just regular white people they're you know people of different ethnic backgrounds and it's like seven films and you finally get these people like that and it's people mm. complain about it you're like it's ridiculous man That's... but people complained that charlie yeah. was a woman as well and you know it's it's all so silly it's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous i thought they were great I, th- I thought the girl was good i just thought she was a bit underserved like she was only mostly there to read the map i just think she needed a bit more like Noah had, I just think she needed a bit more. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair critique. I can sort of see what you're saying there. But still, I, I enjoyed her character. And yeah. I, I like that they didn't make them into a couple at the end. I, I really yeah. appreciate that they didn't have to have like a romantic. I, to me, there was no romantic vibes. I saw some mm. some people suggesting that there was an element of that because she put his head on her. She put her head on his shoulder at the end of the film. And I was like, they've just been through quite an ordeal. Like That's literally, yeah. I just took it that they were buddies. Just exhausted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of like the ending because, you know, she's got the kind of conclusion to her arc and that she's got, you know, the recognition and stuff that she didn't get at the start. And I feel like maybe that character could just be one and done. Like Elena, I don't feel like necessarily she would need to come back for future films, yeah. whereas I think there's more to do with, with Noah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, you know, let's see. Um, I actually really like the bit at the end with Noah where he's being interviewed. Yeah. I just thought yeah. I thought that was a really good scene and and felt like a very believable moment for that character. I would agree. But, you, you know, I know you weren't keen on the human suit, on the, the Transformers nah. suit thing, Maz, but I honestly, like Liam said, for me, so like I saw it with my wife and we came out and one thing we both agreed on was it was nice that actually the human had something to do in the kind of final fight and whatever, because it's always been a, it's not been a thing so much in previous films. A little bit in... Um, Dark of the Moon, I guess, but not majorly. But they also have a movie where Spike shoves the was it the angel cube? The, yeah. the cube. There we go. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's chest. true. Yes, actually, in two thousand seven. But often they have to find like Patrick Dempsey for him to fight or something like that, don't they? And it's like they they have a little human fight off to the side, and then the Transformers do their thing. No, Patrick so, Dempsey is the woo woo kid. You're thinking of Kelsey Grammer. That's right. No, Patrick Dempsey was in Dark of the Moon. Yeah, but he was also the yeah. woo woo kid. <laughs> what? What's the woo-woo kid? I think it was one of his first movies. Like, he used to be on Sky repeatedly. Okay. Like, way back in his early career. How random that you didn't go for McDreamy as a kind of yeah, know, no, cultural reference. But yeah. hey-ho. But yeah, no, they were always going to have like their human fisticuffs whilst the Transformers yeah, are having their so. robot fisticuffs. And it's, it's always seemed a bit contrived to me, whereas I quite like that actually in this. It was, you know, no human antagonist. 
it was all robot bad guys yeah. Yeah. and the, the human got to make his mark. So relieved there was no military or secret. Oh, true, true, yeah. true, 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 absolutely. That, that, yeah. that was the one thing I liked about the last scene with the G.I. Joe guy was yeah. Gratitude. they were very complimentary about the Transformers. It was like they wanted them on the side rather than being yes. like, oh, you know, we're, we're humans, we've got to band together and we've, these guys are going to destroy our world so we've got to secretly take them out or something. It's like, oh, God. So I was relieved they didn't go that route. I thought that's where that was going again. Yeah, I think the next film assuming it continues that thread, could be kind of intriguing because I don't even think it has to be a straight-up Transformers times G.I. Joe crossover. I think it could just have, could just be a Transformers film that has a couple of popular or seemingly even mid-tier G.I. Joe characters in. You know, like yeah. a couple of like recognisable Joe names. It doesn't have yeah. to even be like Snake Eyes or whatever. You know, it could just be some kind of mid-tier characters. And I think that would be fine. I don't think you... I think if it was suddenly 50% Transformers and 50% G.I. Joe, I think that might be yeah. a bit of a, a hard sell. I think it would be a shame as well, because it feels like we've just finally got to the point where yeah. the Transformers have got the spotlight in a Transformers movie. Exactly. Rather than the humans. So it would be a shame to reverse and go back to it being humans uh, more than robots. Speaking of Transformers being the spotlight, I don't think that this, the bad guys were... I don't want to say in it enough, but they weren't... You know, Transformers has always had really good bad guys like the decepticons yeah. have always been we were just talking today about the rid 15 bad guys and decepticon oh, yeah. and how special they were and how distinct this didn't feel that way to me i didn't feel like the the bad robots in the movie were enough not enough of them but they just weren't enough and they had three to work with but they weren't enough i think that maybe the disappointing thing there is that they kind of went the cannon fodder route of having mm. these um, freezers, as I think the toy is called, you know, but the the frenzies basically. Yeah. And I feel like you could have almost removed those and got the main robot characters, the bad guys, to do a bit more. Yeah, uh, so. so you know, they could have been the ones chasing them in like the the building and you know down the um, uh, in the tunnels in Peru and things like that. And you know, maybe have maybe not have three bad guys, maybe have four or five yeah. and kill one of them through the course of the film. And that could have been fine. Yeah, they're never uh, going to be as standout as Barricade or Blackout, even. They were so much more standout than these guys to me. Yeah. Even if they weren't that much better overall, but they were so much more standout. I, I felt the final battle would have been so much better if it was just the Autobots and the Maticals versus the Unicron Heralds. And that they were so... Because they were depicted as being so much more powerful. So it's like the battle would be them facing those rather than this horde of... Hmm identical characters because there was nothing yeah. memorable yeah. there you're just like looking at the sea of samey looking right. as i looked it was just this very bland scape wasn't it it wasn't yeah. like anything like a, a scene you would really remember beyond there was just a lot of stuff happening but it's like if the if they were the big threat there and that's what they were facing it would have been way more memorable and it would have given those characters more to do i, I liked the final battle and i think that a lot of the kind of choreography of the fights in the final battle is really good and i think there is some mm. elements of there are some bits of it which are really um so many last second rescues again it's just so yeah there so was trippy. there was i think the biggest problem with it is definitely that it kind of moves very quickly to this generic sort of fake scaped area just indistinct gray mass and yeah. uh as much as the fight is exciting in places and has its kind of moments it doesn't visually kind of stand out as such. It's oh. very kind of um, 
a bit murky in places and it's whatever. Very DC movie, you know, like the end yeah. of Batman, Superman, and Justice League, where they land in a very wide open space, that, which is very obviously designed to be easy to just chuck things into. A bit like a, you know, like the 07 movie, like the final battle scene is memorable because they're in the city. So it mm. feels like a lived in world where characters are interacting and yeah, with yeah. things. Whereas here it was like, they're all in this wide open desert and there's a random tower, but all these things are happening there. So there's, the ground has no personality or nothing memorable about it. It yeah. just looks like a big CGI battle. And I think that's, it's harder to blend CGI when it's all CGI. Whereas if you have a street, Stuff looks real, so the CGI blends into the background of it more because it passes through it and it interacts with I'm stuff sure, that looked real. I'm sure it was done a, a big part of it anyway because of cost. Because I've no doubt yeah. that the budget for producing a third act battle, which is in a generic, presumably computer generated, yeah. uh, you know, land where everything is is it's essentially you're watching like a CGI cartoon almost. You know, it's, I've no doubt that it's going to be cheaper than trying to incorporate. Mm-hmm. Lots of humans running around and real cars and you know whatever else. I, I I could be off base on that, but that would be my my theory at least. But um, that said, I do I totally agree with you about 07, But I feel like by the time, as I say, Dark of the Moon rolled round, especially by the time Age of Extinction rolled round, I was like, oh, I'm done with these big city battles now. It's just too much. And then you got stuff like Man of Steel and things like that as well, mm. where it was all like punching through buildings. That and- was ridiculous. Yeah, I must admit, I feel like I'm over that now. So mm. I don't know what the solution is. I feel like um, if they'd have done a big city battle in this, I would have been a bit like, yeah, okay. Whereas, yeah. you know, me, I don't know I what don't, the solution could have been. Yeah, I don't think it was a city thing. I, I really do remember about the the 07 movie, like Starscream had a distinct role in that last yeah. fight. Blackout had a distinct role. Megatron had a distinct role. It was about the Decepticons and fighting them and obviously it did become all about fighting scourge at the end but yeah it's just that horde and the way that everyone was just busy somewhere else and then at an opportune moment they had dealt with whatever they needed to dealt with and they could join the the fight at the end and help prime or help noah or help mirage or whatever it was just yeah, not enough memorable there for me, to be honest. It's actually quite mad to me how much of the movie I've forgotten. But like yeah, I said, it's not bad. Enough. It isn't bad. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I'm no way offended by it. In no way. Uh, my disappointment comes from having the incorrect expectation going in. Yeah. I yeah. think I didn't watch any of the trailers apart from the first one. I didn't read any of the information and stuff. Like, I just thought, I'll just go in and see what surprise i didn't get any of the spoilers before which was great i just thought let's just go and experience it and uh and i think i was expecting something different yeah that's but totally that's all fair. me that's, yeah that's, that's completely totally fair. like i said there's a transformers brain and then there's the first experience brain why don't we hit on some of the things that we really did enjoy about the film because i think we've yeah. probably Ooh. done a good and fairly thorough job of kind of picking apart you yeah. know different yeah. elements of it and whatever but what were some of the absolute outright love this about it elements Mirage's Mirage. look. Yeah. A Mirage and Mirage's look. There you go. Yeah. And the things that he could do, I think, was, was super cool. The dump truck scene stands out as a highlight. That's great. The, the Just also the clones. That was really nicely done. It was cool. Yeah. You know, it, it was fun to watch. His transformations are great. Yes. They're all Yeah, all of his transformation scenes, I thought he... Even like the one in the alley with uh, Noah's little brother and stuff like that, I thought was a really great little mm-hmm. moment. Uh, I, I like that they did the clones early on the mm. bit that we saw in the trailer but then they repeated it in the final battle and stuff yep. like that i thought that was a good payoff mm. yeah i love seeing so much optimus prime 
I wasn't a fan of how angry he was at times, but I yeah. really liked seeing him in that G1 style, just robot mode moving about. And the scenes mm. where he transformed were wicked. Like the one yeah. where he's basically just sat down, you know, like he transformed like the toy. And I thought that was mm. just tremendous. Yeah. There was a lot of, of that, like, yeah. Yeah. I just thought his interactions as well with people, even though he was bitter, I quite enjoyed seeing a slightly different slant. I just wish it wasn't quite, I wish it would have just gone a little bit, I don't know, but more of an arc to it. There's more of a mm. payoff to him being angry at the start. Yeah, fair enough. I liked uh, RC's transformations as well. Thought oh my she gosh. Was super cool. I loved RC's design because yep, I love yeah. that she just looks like somebody who's gone to the gym. She's got that like 80s gym wear, like mm. the <laughs> leggings. And I was like, the, watching it on screen, I was like, this is excellent. I just like the way she was always in the background. She's a Ducati. It was like yeah. the yeah. best looking bikes out there. And she's a Ducati. Yeah. It's pretty Even the way cool. it says Ducati comes on her leg, like she's yeah. wearing like sports jogging bottoms. And I just thought cool. it was yeah. just a super cool. cool design. I actually thought yeah. it was a pretty timeless RC design. Mm. I was like, yeah. it was one where it was almost if that was what the franchise adopted as RC moving forward, I think a lot of people would be mm. happy with it. Cause I think it's, you know, it's got kind of elements that call back to Transformers Prime even, but it's kind of classic G1 in its way, but something different. I thought it was really great. Love Nightbird's car mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. The moment it was on screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought, cause for a moment I was like, Oh wait, who's that? And I look at the colors and mm. I like air razor. I thought air razor was fantastic. Really yeah. looked amazing. Yeah, she really did. D- I do wish she transformed. I think it's such yeah. a shame that he didn't do that. Oh, she had died. Like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked Bumblebee being killed and taken out of the movie quite early on. <laughs> I know we mentioned that earlier. I feel like we haven't talked about that enough because it was ridiculous. It did. It did take me out a bit because it did definitely make me feel like okay, he's obviously coming back. The yeah. worst bit is is that actually if you have seen all the trailers they put his comeback moment when he jumps of out of the stratosphere yeah, in yeah, the trailers. True. So it's, yeah, it's that's true. I was literally sat there when it, when it's like, we're supposed to be thinking he's dead. My first thought was, well, I, I know, I know how he comes back. You know, he's that. And I remember thinking, presumably that bit where he jumps out in the trailer of the plane yeah. is the comeback moment. And it was mm. also, that's another thing I really liked. LL Cool J, Mama said, knock you out. Love. Yeah. <laughs> Great the soundtrack. soundtrack was incredible. I love hip hop, and the soundtrack was incredible. But it was just nice to see Bumblebee taken off the board for a bit because he's such a yes. big presence in these films. I agree. And it was just nice to not hear the beep, 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 or the constant things just for a little bit in a film. It's just nice yeah. for it to move on. But but also it also felt like a very forced. We're gonna leave Bumblebee out for this yeah, movie. Yeah. That was also a very noticeable thing. Like it didn't just. It felt like we're killing him to leave him out for a bit. It was a bit happy. I like that. For sure. Yeah, it was happy to get rid of him. Yeah, I, I realised <laughs> that, but ham-fisted a little bit, I think. But anyway, we're talking yeah. about the good things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I didn't mind the way they did it. I do think it was a bit ham-fisted, but yeah, it, it, it was also good, I agree, to not have him there for a little bit, I think. And like I said before, I love the human characters. I really like Noah. I thought he was great. I just, I like the, I've said it a few times, this, so I just like the fact he didn't overshadow the Transformers. And, I, and again, I really like the actress who played Elena. I thought she was, it was Elena, wasn't it? That was mm-hmm. Elena, yeah. I think I accidentally called her Charlie earlier, actually. <laughs> but I, I thought she was great. I just think she, I wish she had a bit more to do, but I thought the scenes she was in, I think she was really good. And like I said, the acting, like Michelle Yeoh was quite good as Eraser. I, I thought yeah. so too. Yeah. I yeah. thought the voice acting overall was, was brilliant, honestly. I who thought did Scourge? All of it was great. Because I kept, it was, um, Peter, uh, Peter Dinklage. All I could hear was Nimoy. And the way through, I was like, I'm sure Leonard Nimoy's yeah. dead. 
it was it was quite an interesting uh, voice actually. Like it didn't sound like Peter Dinklage. I no, knew it who didn't. it was yeah. going in, but it didn't sound like him. I didn't think at all. Like you, that's you know, no surprise you didn't sort of recognize it. Uh, so I thought that was was super interesting. He had one really good line I enjoyed was when Prime was fighting him and Prime realized that he couldn't best him and he just said, I love that look on on the face of mm. someone who realizes they've come across yeah. their better. I thought that was a really good line. That moment I thought, yeah. that's a bit more interesting. It was it was the fact that they acknowledged that he is super powerful and everyone has noticed and it's not just a standard, oh yeah, bad guy turns up, beats everyone up because that's what the yeah. bad guys do in these movies. Like all of a sudden like, yeah, I can tell you're surprised about this. <laughs> and that I liked. Also pretty cool how he was stealing their badges and attaching them to him. That was cool. Yeah, yeah that was cool. There's a moment in the film when Otto Prime knocks his mask off and Oh man. As it's I didn't really think he was supposed to be anyone, but the way it yeah, pans so the camera, weird. I was like, oh, it's gonna be someone important. It's there's, so there's, there's a reveal weird. here. What? and then it looks up to us like I, this is literally that? what I was just about to yeah. say myself. So are you aware, Maz, if you've not read much about this film prior, I don't know, maybe you're not maybe you've not come across this. Did you see the rumour about what who Scourge might really be. No. Okay, so a lot of... This is mad now to talk about. A lot of people... Not a lot of people. Some people on the interweb interwebs started this rumour that he was going to be 2007 Optimus Prime. Come head, back in time. Yeah, because they, they got a picture. Someone got a picture of Scourge's oh, uh, controller. Is and the headcrest the is the same. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Yeah. So and it started this whole rumor that they were going to go super meta, and because it was like a time travel story, and that he would be a herald of Unicron come back from the future, if you like, uh, you know, like Murder Prime or whatever. Uh, give me a face, and and now he's working for Unicron, and of course it turned out to be bullshit. But a lot of people <laughs> kind of were touting this idea of like, what if? And I have to say, for my part, I was like, I don't think they're going to do that. It would be. Hilarious if they it would did have do been that. Like, a bit it interesting. Would have, it actually. Would have been, mode is yeah. similar to 07 Optimus Prime, isn't it? I would have been very... like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> I think that, that would have been, really been truly mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. would have been like, I oh. can't believe they did that. Oh, easy come, easy go. I'm bummed now. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine I like. Why I would have even liked it, but I just think <laughs> I would have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine this Optimus Prime battling a future evil version of himself that we've already seen and like knowing that it is actually a sort of sequel to the Bayformers films and I think that could have been actually quite intriguing I'm not going to like yeah. it would have been a way to tie it in whilst making it not the same you know while yeah. saying we're moving on but it was, the, it was the way it was deliberately filmed whoever did it has done it deliberately to make you think something's yes. about to happen because it lingers on it so much and the way it slowly pans up it's not like a dramatic look at his face it's all messed up it's like a or oh, it's going to be somebody important as a reveal here because the camera is almost down on the floor for a minute mm. like it's sort of showing you his mask and it's like <gasps> and even the music yeah. is like that tension music of like you know and, he, and he's talking whilst you can't see his face so the, the whole thing is shot and designed to make you feel like a reveal is coming and you and i are not the only people that have thought and felt that so it's it's very definitely done in that way and then the reveal is oh he's got a bit of a messed up face maybe they read more than meets the eye they've, they've followed that <laughs> maybe so. something i just realized you haven't seen yet so we can't talk about it <laughs> oh okay right great potential spoilers there <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah it, it was a, it was a weird moment for sure <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. 
I was taken in a harmonious moment between a serene butterfly and an unruffled caterpillar. Such tranquility. What did you guys think about Wheeljack? Did not really gel with it at all. <laughs> it's just like... Pablo. I don't know why he had to be there at all. I think it was quite fun in the scenes he showed up. It was, it was quite a fun character. Just a little yeah. bit... He was so r- rarely in it. Yeah, he wasn't in it much at all. In a way, that's kind of what I think is the funniest legacy of Pablo, such as he is, mm-hmm. is that um, he was the very much, apart from like, oh, it's Mirage and not Jazz and stuff like that, he was very much like the focal point of a lot of the online mm-hmm. discussion about this film for at least a year, maybe 18 months prior to its release. It really like, that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever since the first toy, I think it was—I think it was a toy reveal. I think it was one of the toys of Wheeljack. Anyway, was the first proper look at what the character was going to look like, and there a was, lot of people. Was a leaked toy, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. And since that drop, man, it's not stopped. It's been mm. constant griping about what it looks like. A lot of people have kind of adopted it almost and been like, "No, it's fantastic." A lot. And then there was the whole rumor that the that the character was going to be redesigned. They were going to do a Sonic the Hedgehog. And it was almost going to have like ugly wheeljack and and another wheeljack, you know, that they were going to kind of, I know, right? Like you're pulling a face and I'm like, yep, yep. Sounds ridiculous. But people were convinced of this. Stop. Um, I know. Stop. I did did find it funny that it lent uh, a little bit into wheeljack and RC there pairing up, you know, after we were talking (laughs) about the 86 movie and the script that was changed with, there's supposed to be wheeljack and RC bantering. That's true. Misogynist wheeljack. I just kept expecting him to say football is life all the way through. I I just couldn't (laughs) get past Danny Rojas. They should have called him Diego and had a little uh, Maradona sort of colours. But it was was just funny to me that the discourse was so strong and so relentless for like at least a year at least a year online and then bros in the movie like five minutes like there's the comparison of the amount of time we've collectively spent talking about this character versus the amount he's on the screen is just ridiculous i suppose one thing i did also like it was one other thing I, in hindsight i'm thinking well, that maybe was a little bit different was the fact that in all of the movies the humans kind of when it gets to that part of the movie they're all on board with the robots like they are in there with optimus and his crew and they're there to help whereas these two were in stratosphere saying yeah listen i don't care what these guys want to save we might just have to destroy this thing and look after yeah. ourselves that was new actually i'm thinking I like about that. it I, I do think that some of the character dynamics and stuff i, I think worked you know honestly i've got <laughs> I've got very few major complaints about this film. I don't think I've got any major mm. complaints, but very few complaints overall. I think um, I think one thing I would say, and I do think this is probably part of it for us, and it's worth acknowledging. I'm, maybe we should have done earlier, but you know, Maz, I said this to you before we just started, before we hit record tonight, is that I do wonder if the if this film had landed for us at a different stage of our life, if we would maybe be a bit more wow about it if you know, this because... was the first transformers film it would right. be amazing exactly. i think you're right actually yeah i, I do really believe that be. yeah it really would be but but also you got to remember that we are of a certain age mm-hmm. and we have you know now become very accustomed to seeing this stuff and, and seeing it in the cinema and yeah. whatever else and you know you, you could not go back and recreate the experience i was well, i was 25 when i saw transformers 2007 yeah. i cannot recreate that experience yeah. ever no, no, no. i didn't need that recreate though because bumblebee was a great experience and it didn't recreate that true it's just true. I, I just wanted to see a really good film with a great plot and great acting and 
something compelling, you know. I just mm. like they've done with other franchises that we've gone to see movies. You know, I saw Dune and and Blade Runner, and I, and I was so into those films. Like they asked us on stage at TFN, "Who do you want to see direct the Transformers movie?" And I said, "Dennis Villeneuve." I, mm. I want that for Transformers. I don't think you're ever going to get nope. that for the toy not franchise, though, man. That's nope. the thing. <laughs> it's not a sci-fi mothership the way those no. two things are. Transformers so. Blade Runner. It, it's not It's not that franchise. And that's what no, we've yeah, said so. about like More Than Meets the Eye, mm. for example, is that it's almost, yes, it's a comic, but it almost is elevated because it's, it's, it's better than a... Yes, you might expect than a comic for Transformers yeah. would be. That's you know what, what I, I guess mean, I wanted it? on screen. Something yeah. of that stature, and it's not. It's not going to happen depth, anytime soon. I, guess. I don't think. No, no, I agree with you. But I do think that for me, taking it on its own merit and understanding the sphere that it's in and that it exists in, I think it was a very good Transformers film yeah. for me. Yeah, Absolutely. I think for a lot of people, it's going to turn them onto the franchise. I yeah. think it's going to be good for it as well. Because like I said, it wasn't a bad film. I was so reluctant to do this episode because I did not want to come on here and ditch on the movie. I did not want to be a hater. I didn't want to sound like it was a bad movie because I realized the only reasons I have negative feelings or not super positive, it's all me. It's all because of what I took in there and who I am and what I've experienced in Transformers and what I wanted. So maybe specifically it didn't work for me as a as a big moment in time. But I think now, like having had this discussion, would quite be interested to go and see it again. And I actually think maybe now would be the best time for me to go and see it again. Let your beasts rise all over again. Yeah, I enjoyed the beasts. <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference though between not liking a film and a film being disappointed, or being disappointed in a movie, isn't there? Mm. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I can. There's, there's films that I've seen that people say are great movies, and I'm like, I didn't. I thought it was good. I was just disappointed it wasn't something that I thought it was going in, if that makes sense. Right. It doesn't yeah, make for it sure. Bad. And I think that's maybe where you're sitting on this. I it's think like, so. You're trying yeah. to explain that it's not that you think it's a bad film. It's just you were disappointed that yeah. it wasn't what you were hoping for it to be. You know? I would hate for yeah. someone who loves this movie to listen to this episode and take what I've said as some way dampening mm. their enthusiasm because they really don't want that. I don't, I don't want my feelings to be the majority feeling on this. I more wish that I could have way more buzzed feelings about that movie because i remember what it's like to leave transformers movie from the cinema and be buzzed mm, and i just yeah. just wanted that again really that's, that's the thing you've had that standard set for you now there's a bar isn't there where you've come out and you've had that emotional high and it's mm. it's kind of, it's hard, like six was saying it's hard to recapture that and like you were saying it's not that you're expecting that but you've kind of there's a bar isn't it so when you come in it's like something else is never quite attains anything so you look yeah. at it differently I, I would say i've got a bit a bit of that buzz going on i, I if nothing else I am very feeling very positive about where mm. the film franchise is at and where it could go from here. I hope that whatever comes next is not a crushing disappointment. Mm. I would love that. But it feels good to me to, kind of as you said, Maz, to, to have a film that's in cinemas that is doing relatively well mm -hmm. and is not a huge embarrassment to right, us yeah. as Transformers fans. You know, it's it going to age okay. Good. Yes, exactly. That we're not all going to be looking at in 10 years' time going, well, this is a total mm. nightmare in some way. Do you know what I mean? And it's not questionable, I suppose. Right. It's, it's watchable. Um, it's coherent. It's watchable. I really enjoyed the fact that it was a film you could just sit down and watch, and it made mm. sense from where it started to where it ended. There was nothing that kept dragging you out to be like, this is annoying, like the parents or the dog or that sort sure of you know, thing. The silly. Yeah. The, the Bay humour or the stuff like that. Mm. Like, yeah. I do not miss the Michael Bay 
every five minutes you get a shot of someone getting out of a car from really low down an angle no. because it's what they were doing in a music video with curtains blown in the background. Oh, that's stupid nonsense. Dude, but... you were inside me is on the line though. Yeah, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that's was, a... was borderline. But one one of those is acceptable. And right. it was and it was borderline and it yeah. was one off yeah. and it's you know but um but yeah, more would have been Again, there was yeah. no dogs riding each other or anything, so you know I was happy in that regard. Yeah, like, I genuinely came out and I was like, it was good. I liked it. I was happy with it. it wasn't my favorite film I've ever seen. It wasn't the best one I've seen, but I just enjoyed it. Like there are so many worse films I've seen, and there are so many <laughs> films. That's, but you know, that's it's, it's, but there's the thing. It's like it's when I was thinking when I came out. It's like I'd like to see it again, and I, yeah. I'd never felt like that with. Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon. It's like it was more. God, please don't make another one of these. I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely see it again. Hundred yeah. percent, I would see it again. So maybe then, as a final thing, what's what's your new ranking then? Best or worst Transformers films? What do you think? For me, Bumblebee is my favorite Transformers film. Yeah, for sure. And this didn't give me the same buzz as the 07 movie did, but I like it more. It's just like you were mm. saying. I think I've seen so much in between. But I like there's more stuff in this that I enjoyed, and so I think I would give it a solid B rating. Ooh. I had to give it a score. Okay, so are you putting it? Are you putting it number two? Then is that what you're saying? In the, in terms of the seven films overall? Yeah, yeah. Because I did. I really liked it. I mean, I know we've broke it down. This is a different kind of discussion, I yeah, think, yeah. rather than going. Oh, it's we're, great, we're being purposely I, critical. Yeah, as, as yeah. Some of it. it's nice to break it down and examine it. But yeah, I really did enjoy it. So, and I can't say that about any of the sequels. I loved the first one. And I still like it now, but I think there's such a wow factor that comes with it that's different to. Yeah. I think I prefer this film, but I don't. Pre- I prefer I how it. I felt about the other one. It's a big you distinction. Know, my initial reaction, yeah. So it's 2007 number three. Oh god, yeah. Then the other ones just don't count because okay, and then one <laughs> they're, just, they're all they're all the worst. <laughs> Except for Enter the Fallen, which is the worst yeah. film I've ever seen. So. I, th- I think uh, Bumblebee or the 07 movie definitely rank above this for me. Mm-hmm. But see the other movies, what they did wrong is so much more heinous than anything this film did wrong. Hmm. But what they did right is better than what this did right for me. Ooh. There are scenes I would watch again in Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction, and even Revenge of the Fallen. That forest fight, come on. The forest fight's great, yeah. Uh, I don't think there was anything in this movie that was better than that. For me, as an action mm. scene of Transformers, nothing I'd want to. I can't even tell you one I'd go back and watch. I quite like the rolling down the hill one. I thought that was cool. yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was, was kind of kind of different, but I don't feel the need to watch it again. I really don't. Yeah. There was nothing in it that really, uh, you know, stirred me. So uh, its best bits are not better than some of those Bay best bits for me, but the worst bits are nowhere near as bad. As some of the other worst babies so the beast bits the beast best bits are not as good as the bay best bits <laughs> perfect and i want that in the description for this episode yeah but yeah i remember leaving uh, the bay movies at the time and having more buzz despite the bad parts than i had leaving this movie so i find it hard to say as an experience i would rank it above them even though as an actual movie with a structure and a plot and the kind of more conscious storytelling, the things it does right in a society context is mm-hmm. better than virtually all of the other movies. Very hard to rank. Interesting you brought up the, the forest scene there because I think that's what I was trying to say earlier about there's nothing that's, it's not that's not mem- there's memorable Transformers stuff, but that, there's nothing that feels like it would have made that leap to being like iconic. And I think like the forest mm. fight is one of those things that even if you hate the Revenge of the Fallen, like you remember that from that film. Like, mm. Oh, 
that yeah. looked cool. Whereas there's nothing in it that felt like a real signature moment that will be remembered right. forever, like will be memed or you know, gif forever and ever. But to I think the Mirage thing is pretty close. Mm. You know, him turning into the Lambo and him turning into the F1 car. But I oh, think it's oh, yeah. for yeah. us, for Transformers yeah, fans, that's a big deal. But I don't think for the wider audience they would find that massively memorable. There's not that massive cool scene where you're like, wow, that just looks amazing. I think so. And I don't think that's just the passing of time and so many Transformers movies. I think creatively it's still possible to make amazing Transformers moments on a screen. Yeah. Like Shatter and Dropkick coming out of the sky as aircraft transforming to vehicles, then transforming to robot. That scene, I'd love to see that again, just over and over. Even the Bumblebee movie had scenes that were like, wow. you know, Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Blitzwing fight. The Cybertron fight. It still can still still be done. I have to say, though, I do, I think I'm with Liam. I think that for me, Bumblebee is still the best. I think this is is number two for me now. You rate it it higher than the 07 movie? Yeah, because I agree. I agree with the distinction. I think although... Although I probably got more, I'm sure, well, I've no doubt that I got at the time in 07 more of a visceral thrill from watching that film for the first time, that I have to almost separate that and appreciate the film for what it is. And I know that if I sat down to watch the 07 film now, I would enjoy Rise of the Beast more. And I think it does more things. It's got more of the content that I want in a Transformers film at this time than 2007 if that makes sense. I think on paper that is true for me, but yeah. in reality, I guess I just judge it by feeling. And yeah, Maybe it's fatigue as well. You were talking about fatigue before the start Absolutely. of the recording. I think that's yeah, definitely yeah. a thing for me. Yeah, I think there is that that element of it. There's a big part of it. And there's no right or wrong in terms of metrics for which mm. to judge yeah. this at all. One great thing about this film is I think it's going to do better on a rewatch for a lot of people as well. I think it's going to be one of those films that the more you watch it, you're actually going to enjoy it more. Because I don't, it's like we're saying about not having that wow factor. But then I think it's going to be a lot of little references that people are going to pick over and spot more on rewatches. Oh, good point. Did you moment. see the name of the establishment at the end? It was Slizardo. Uh, that was the was one. Was like, uh, I just got this moment. It was like the white sign at the back where Noah's walking in for his interview. It was like a big sign that says Slizardo. Like I didn't just see that. Him. That was a good uh. reference. I thought you were going to say G.I. Joe. I was like, yeah, we all saw that, dude. No. no, no. <laughs> Did you see the G.I. Joe logo yeah. on the G.I. Joe Did you see card? it when he turned the business card up? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. But no, I am. Um, yeah, so I think I think separating sort of experience, if you like, yeah. and, and first time thrills and nostalgia and all of that, I think on a rewatch, I would enjoy this more than 2007. And, and you know, after that, I do have a ranking for the others. I actually would put them in release order. I think from 2007. It's got worse as they were. Yeah, yeah, I do. I firmly believe that it was a a franchise of declining returns. Uh, I think as much as people grumble about Revenge of the Fallen, (sighs) I would put Dark of the Moon below it. I would put Age of Extinction below that, and I would Mm. firmly put TLK at a very (laughs) well-deserved low, 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 low last place, but rock bottom for the franchise. A mess. Yeah. But, you know, we're not here to talk about that. We'll do that in the last night episode when we eventually get to that, after we've done Revenge of the Fallen. Um, I am really looking forward to watching it. I think it is going to be, I think this one's going to age better. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, like when sometimes 
like at work, you put on an episode of the cartoon in the background while you're doing something. I think this is going to be a film like that where yes. you do that and there's never a moment where you look over, then you roll your eyes and you're like, oh, God. It's that scene where someone's weeing on someone or the parents are high. No, the, the no rotating the rocks in the temple for me is always going to just be like, oh, come off it. That's definitely yeah. always going to Still no one out. got weed on. No, I suppose that's okay. No one got weed on. That you know of. Well, I, yeah, okay. I don't care to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee definitely didn't wee on anyone. He was dead for half the film. No, he just got shit on. <laughs> Right, that's a good place to end, I think. Yeah. Sixo, can I just ask you one quick question, actually? There's a film I wanted to ask you, wasn't it? We were talking about, just to finish up, we were talking about um, Scourge's henchman earlier. And mm. I know you're a big Beast Wars fan, so do you think it would have been better served if maybe a reveal in this film, one of those actually turned out to be a Predacon? Like, say someone like Megatron or something. Do you think it would have worked better if that there was a Predacon character there? Nah, I'm, I'm happy with it being separate, honestly. Really? Like, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were like, "Where's Dinobot? Where's Rat Trap?" It's, it's uh, you can't mm. have it all. Do you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't Beast Wars the movie. It would have been fun to see that for sure. But would this have preferred was, it? Would you? Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think it would have given the Maximals a bit more. Yeah. You know, if if Primal had. It, and obviously he had a thing with Scourge, but if if something like Megatron turned up, yeah. I was thinking it would been quite fun to see Optimus Optimus Prime. Baffled by there being someone called Megatron and T-Rex comes <laughs> rampaging on the screen. Yeah. yeah. It would be a good way to get a Megatron in these films because he's seemingly absent, isn't he? Because he's supposed to be frozen in ice or is that a thing or we don't that's even not, know? That's it? just not. Seriously. Yeah, don't go there. Don't go that's there, not. honestly. But no, I was it, really it, hoping we would have seen me. him just to move on, you know, from the Bay films to definitively say, yep, yeah. we're gone now. There's I think if they universe. continue down this road they've got to bring megatron into it it's ridiculous to not mm. uh, at some point but it's it's a that's a story for another day isn't it so yeah let them come right well hopefully everybody's beasts have well and truly risen by this point and if they haven't well i can't help you basically because we're done for the evening but we've thoroughly enjoyed i think i'm right in saying we've thoroughly enjoyed talking about rise of the beasts is that right gentlemen yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been less painful than I thought it would be. And it's <laughs> right. actually made me want to see it again. That's mission accomplished in my book. But if you did enjoy this and you want more of our content, maybe we'll do more on Rise of the Beast. Perhaps not. I don't know. We'll see. But we do do a lot more on other topics besides on our Patreon, don't we, Maz? Yes, that's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover for exclusive weekly content, including mini-sodes on all manner of things, be it like a specific team of transformers or one particular character or a diaclone or other things like that we even did brave and we have mini series focusing on idw more than meets the eye on unicron trilogy toys and on various 80s and 90s toy lines that we haven't featured in the main episodes and uh, you can get access to episodes early you can vote in polls and you can join our fantastic discord community so that's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover and another perk of patreon is that you get your name read out on the show if you are a six O's butler or a GBC. And I am so burnt by actually making a mistake on the roll call when Hasbro <laughs> were in the house. That I'm actually going to read the names backwards this time. So what? it's going to be slower anyway, and I don't have to make a mistake that way. So I'll, it'll be full of mistakes, but you won't be able to tell because I'm going backwards. So start off by thanking 
the Mapes Brothers, who you might recognize. And thank you to John R. And of course, our new patrons uh, at this level. That's Robin Hunt and EMH Richard. But also thank you to the Transformer Closet, Simon the Dash Fox, James Turnham, Adam Brady, Adam Baker. Wow, this sounds weird. Alan Johnson, Spencer Butler, Matthew Dedman, Emperor Galvatron, Riley Lentz, Alec Trevelyan, 2022, Goldbolt, Diggity, Chuck, Collecticon, Brandon Mahaffey, James Hook, Spider-Bot, Miguel Gonzalez, Absurd, Cam Lee, Dodge, Unchrismatic Ball, Michael Brand, Calidus, Toy Pocket, Fuzigi, Heinrad 80, Duckstar, Robert R., Cannon, Ali Nunes, Stevie P, Rob Hackerbush, Squid Catfish, Duggatron, Michael Kegel, Menestreaker, Keith, Doglunch UK, Jetfire James, Ross, Jeremy Woodall, Tyler Dickerson, Techie James, Windows 6K, Alexis Taylor, Jonathan Falls, Dr. Howard, it is really hard backwards, Maddie Clark, Charlie Chappelle, Juanet Walter, wasn't going to get that wrong, MK Tronic, Jickle, Ghost Prime, James Pascoe, Sean T. Siegel, Jim Kinsey, Steve Redmond, Chris Rodwell, Tyler Husky, Near Bat, <laughs> Mike Oyakono, Bobby P, Eric White, Black Brother, Connor C. Gray, Moffat, Andrew Bentley, Mark, Ali, Christian Hyatt, Zindius, Ashbolt, Josh Bell, Quick Mixed, Esteem, David Shepard, Jason Murray, Zach Lawson, Mythic Gears, CNC, Rick 56, Michael Morris, Connors Koenig, Lucas Engel, Shinsei, Ben Lewis, Tim Bandage, Kyle Wilmoth, John Wood, Inbound Lee, Nice Side Benzani, Jeffrey Freak, Damas, Data, Crack, Tastic Pazit, Misha Kid. Josh Hulls, Simon Elvin, Cole Squall, Andy Gold, Billy Gator, Aaron Svoboda, Jim Owen, Nexus, Jesse Moreno, Chris Norris, Shenry, Peter Hampson, Vegemite Mike, Puma the Hunter, Amar, Stuart Webb, Rotorstorm, Jacques Pelletier, Phil G, Captain Array, Anthony Carson, not sure I'm going to read these backwards again, this is just too odd. Troyser, John Pearl, Yusufa, Geo Kaiser, Dave Dalrymple, Justin Sire, Bad Saturday, Stephen Perkins, Matt, Adam Shoemaker, Spiderfather, Chris Preston, Andy, <laughs> Danny Roberts, and Nick, who you might recognize. <laughs> wow. What a list. That was different. Very. Did you like it backwards? No. You all right, man? I'm just checking because it looked like you were in severe pain by then. I thought you were about really to have a stroke or a heart attack. I kept reading names after names that they always come before, and it was really confusing. I was like, take a breath, man. Take a breath. Come on. Don't don't go blue. Don't die on this podcast. <laughs> if you want, I can just like cut that and just reverse the recording and play it back like that. Sure. If you want to add to your workload for what has already been <laughs> a tricky <Why> recording. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been a one tonight, isn't it? We've had a couple of technical Ooh. gremlins along the way, but uh, never mind. We're plowing on. Uh, and we do have a sponsor for the evening as well. That is tfsource.com. So do check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs as ever. They've got lots of Rise of the Beast toys in stock right now. So check that out. And as another person who messages asked, you know, old Denzel from Washington asked, guys, can I get some Triple Takeover merch? And yep, ah, you ah. can. If you head over to rebel.com forward slash people, forward slash explore, you too can get some merch just like Denzel. You know, you can be a man on fire too. <laughs> and uh, if you want to let us know what you thought of Rise of the Beast, you know, many people loved it. Many people might not have, but you know, get in contact with us. You can find us on social media at at triple underscore takeover on Instagram and Twitter, and at triple takeover all one word on Facebook. Guys, where can they find you? I'm not telling because I don't want everyone to get angry with me for not having the same opinion <laughs> of them as the movie. I, I'm not online this week. Sorry. Maz hated Rose of the Beast. No, I didn't hate it. Hashtag. That's one thing I could say for sure. Did not hate it. At TF Square One on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you wish to vent. And I am at 6OTF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, probably some other places as well. TikTok. 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 <laughs> and I'm at Toybox Oatbox. Anyway, there's an app. Well, that's going to about do it for the old Rise of the Beast chat. So if your beasts haven't risen by this point, then what else can I say? But let them come. Oh, 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 come on. Ha, sicker than your average. Pop a twist, cabbage off instinct. 
players don't think shit stink. Pink Gators, my Detroit players. Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right, hit the head right. Biggie there, and I. Papa been smooth since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who do something to us? Talk go through us. Girls want to us, wanna do us, screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pop. Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Recently, niggas frontin' ain't sayin' nothin', so I just speak my peace, keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace. Packin', askin' who want it, you got it, nigga flaunt it. That Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so fake. And it could collectively have been Rise of the Feasts. That's funny because I've had loads of messages on the Instagram lately from people called Pete. Maybe it could have been Rise of the Peeps. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> No one got weed on.